live from the Drew Estate Cigar Studio in Boston, Massachusetts. Welcome to the Spare Notes series with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and William Cooper. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Spare Notes series. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokingTobacco.com. I am here in the Drew Estate Cigar Studios. Um, check out the new Liga Provada H99 Papas Fritas hitting stores this week. I am joined once again by my very good friend, Mr. Mitchell Santaga, also of SmokingTobacco.com, in the Gurkha Cigar Studios, and from Indian Trail, North Carolina, the man, the myth, the legend, in all black tonight on the black stage, it's Mr. William Cooper of Cigar-Coop.com. Gentlemen, how are you? Oh, and he's got the black and cigar, black too. <laughs> I made a black and cigar tonight, yep. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, you got to go fully, on, fully planned. That was all. That was, it was all planned, actually. Yeah. Well, you know, Drew Estate Cigar Studios. You know, we love to see that. So, um, we just a uh, big ninety rating from Coop today. Uh, the black and that. So, uh, I saw that. I saw that. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we don't hand those out easy anymore. I uh, hand it out like candy. So. Neither do we. But we. Uh, we. I think we. Oh, I know. I know. I'm we, seeing it. We. Good start. Yep. Good start. We might have one. We might have one coming out this week that's above ninety. So uh, I think a lot of people are going to be uh, intrigued by that one, and that's all I can say. Uh, that's all I can say. Oh, I think it's. I think whatever it is, when when nineties are not given out easy and they're earned, it's going to make those re- whatever review that is very special. So I think uh, you'll you'll be happy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm very excited. No, I'm very excited to uh, to get that one out there, but it's uh, like I said, should be out this week, and uh, it's gonna be a high one from what I uh, from what I hear from what I hear from my guys. It's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a high one. So uh, we are we are here once again. It's Saturday night as usual. Um, I'm looking at the comments here. I see Dan Thompson's here. Obviously Mitchell's here. There he is. Hello, everyone. In the Benjamin Dakota Rogers shirt. He's keeping that streak alive. I love it. He's dedicated. Um, you know, Mitchell is one of the most dedicated people I've ever seen. Uh, Dan Thompson from McAuliffe Cigars is here tonight. Um, as always, he's usually here. And our friends from Las Vegas, Kevin and Barbara, are here once again with us uh, here in the Why is he not section. watching the game? Um, the oh, they're probably doing both. He's 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 okay. The, if Double I know duty. Kevin and Barbara, if I know Kevin and Barbara, they're in their cigar room right now. <laughs> they're in their chairs, and because it's it's probably ridiculously they've, they've too hot eyes. over there right now. And they got the game on, okay. and they got us on, and they're multitasking. They're both probably smoking something. Good. I bet. Um, they they're all settled in. Yeah. See, Barbara said we're doing yeah. both. Yeah. Alan yeah, Rubin is up here one tonight. Nothing, by the way. So. Vegas is up one nothing. Oh. Biggest up one nothing. Nice, nice, nice. Well, oh, Alan Rubin's here. <laughs> yeah, Alan Rubin is here as well from McAuliffe Cigars. The McAuliffe, you know, the McAuliffe team is here. Um, no Andy Gaffney. Okay. Um, I I know that you guys, you know. He's not watching the Red Sox Yankee game then. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, I forget there was a there was a discussion. That was had in the comments on Facebook recently, and I think it was Alan who said something about like where are all the fans or whatever, uh, or someone said something about it. I can't remember. And uh, yeah. he's he's the one who's notorious for talking shit, and then when his team's losing, then he disappears. <laughs> he he's been sta- he's been stand up on these championship series. Though. I'm gonna give him credit, Alan. 
Uh, he has been he has been stand up with the Panthers series, and he's been stand up with the Heat series. He's he hides sometimes with the Yankees, but it's 162 games. But these championship series, he has not been hiding. So he's done a good job with that. All right, all right, all right. We'll get no, it to him. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll say that I'll say that. Yeah, you know, kind of hid last night when the Yankees lost to the Red Sox, but uh, you know he's getting there. Yeah. Well, you know. Um, yeah. It's a, it's an ugly year for both of those teams anyway. So no one's a winner. <laughs> no one's a winner in that series, regardless. Oh no, the, the Phillies got destroyed nine nothing today after mm-hmm. winning the best game of the year yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. Just never just never ends with us. So go figure. That's what yeah, happens. Jays are doing terrible. You know, and it's funny. I don't, Coop. I don't know if you heard our Wednesday night show with uh, Matt and Garrett from How About That Cigar, but. Uh, it was funny. We were talking about, you know, there's always going to be some haters, right? There's always that one guy who just, you know, hates. And I forget what it is we were talking about, but it was funny. And Garrett said, you know, there's always going to be that one guy who just loves to hate for no reason. And I said, I know, just like that one guy who hates Gabe Kapler and nobody else does, you know. And well, you don't follow. You should follow <laughs> the San Francisco Giants a little closer. There's a lot of knowledgeable fans out there who want who want that guy gone. It's not just me. I know, but you're the only one that we hear about it from. So we got to pick on you because you're the you're only the, voice. And by and by and, and by the way, I just want to give an update, a Gabe Kapler update. Uh, oh, he's losing four nothing to the Cubs right now. So um, I'm just saying. Where, the Cubs, and, so. and where's and where's Jay Davis? Jay Davis isn't he? He's a Cubs fan. He's gonna be here to I think I think Jay's up at that Fuente event in, in Michigan, I thought. Oh, did he go to that? He went to that, me. yeah. So I, yeah, he's either there or coming back, but I'm I know he went up there because we were talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The um Jay Jay's uh Jay's a when to travel for events like that, so it wouldn't surprise yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I wish I'd known about that event because it would have been something great to do with my dad. Actually, uh, I think he would have loved an event like that. Um, I never knew about the event till Jay told me about it. Yeah, really. So uh, I mean, it never really was something promoted. So um, you know, it's a shame I never knew about it, but it's been going on a while. Yeah. The um, and you know, it's Father's Day is approaching next weekend, so um, yeah. You know, there's a lot of, you know, Father's Day focused events right now. Uh, Fuente usually yep. releases their father and son set at Father's Day, which is always cool. Last year they had a limited edition cutter that came in the box, too. That was really cool. Yep, yep, um, yep. So, you know, it's that time of year. So it's 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 the dad time. Yep. Um, yep. Co- uh, McCallum for Alan Rubin says, just like Coop know, the Yankees are leading the Red Sox in the seventh inning. I said that. I said the Yankees were winning over yeah. the Red Sox. Yeah. Yeah, but pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all righty, Mitchell. Uh, Alan got his quota. Alan got his quota of comments for tonight. I can just say all that. All right. So. All right. All right. I'll, I'll I'll make a note of that. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mitchell, what are you smoking over there up in uh, Canada? Yeah, I uh, I lit up uh, a nice. Southern Draw Kudzu Lancero. Ooh, okay. That's a little different. Yeah. Yeah, this, uh, the Kudzu's got a little bit, uh, a very unique binder. I think it's actually got a double binder, and one of them is Omotepe. I like so, Omotepe. Yeah, it's definitely a Lancero that gives you a lot more say that's got some power strength. Yeah. And, uh, really really flavorful on the retro you got to be careful not to retro too much of this cigar because 
it uh, it really gets up in those sinuses. But uh, yeah, I really like this. I think this has probably about a year plus of age on it at this point. Oh, okay, nice, um, nice. So, yeah, smoking really well so far. Um, and Coop, you had said you're going to be smoking the blackened, the M81 from Drew State, the Metallica cigar. Yeah. I yeah, I'm telling you that I think the Toro size is the one that really shines for me in this. Um, really, really good scar, and uh, like I said, just it just went through a review of it and enjoyed going through them with the reviews. So I said, why not go with the all black theme tonight and light one up? Yeah, and I think Kevin's going to be. Uh, he has them. I know I sent them to him, but Kevin will be doing a review on those at some point too. So I'm curious to see what he comes up with versus your review too, because it'll be interesting. Yeah. It's it's always fun, um, and I know we're gonna probably talk about an example of this sometime in the show. But um, I think it's a lot of fun when when media guys have differing opinions on a review. There is no wrong answer uh, whether I like something or don't like something or vice versa. Um, and I think there's fun to that. And I can tell you, you and I have had conversations where we've disagreed. And a couple of times I've come back around and said, Matt, I'm gonna admit I think you were right on this one, and I got it wrong. You know. I, mm -hmm. I can think of two cigars uh, from Saka in particular. Um, Paladin and Saka Copper. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So um, I'm gonna give it, you know, and I'm. But it's fun to have those differing opinions. It really, it really is. Um, so I look forward to when you guys do it. When Kevin has that review out, I usually won't read someone's review though until after you did it I yourself. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I sometimes? Yes, but. You you want to you want to try to be as independent as possible with it, um, to get a feel for it. So I but afterwards, usually once I publish the review, uh, I will start looking at the other reviews, um, to see what it scored, um, and how it did. Yeah, I'm very excited. Um, like I said, we got we got a, a high score coming out I think this week, and um, you know then I know at some point. Uh, Kevin's going to review that cigar as well, so I'm, I'm excited to see what he says. He he already commented in the comments that the M81 is solid, so I already know it's good. Yeah, if um, Kevin's saying it's solid, and Kevin's a very Kevin's tough on his reviews. He doesn't. Oh, he is. Reviews. I've seen I, I've seen his reviews for a while, so if he's saying this, that's that's a that's a high praise from from him. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and Kevin yeah. is yeah. Kevin is yeah. not shy yeah. to score something no. low. I mean, absolutely, absolutely, yep. So a, a good review from, you know, and, and I think that that's, um, I think that's important. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of people out there who don't understand that. And they're like, oh, this guy doesn't know how to review. He does, he gives everything low. And it's like, no, he's just very critical. And then you see people out there who give every cigar a, like 94, 95 and, you know, 92. And it's like, <sighs> I was in that boat. I know. And it took a while to, when I changed it, it kind of upset some people. But it took a three or four years to kind of and to get out of that mindset. And there were things I was doing, Matt, that was leading to inflated scoring. Like scoring appearance really isn't a good idea, is what I think. It's so worthy of mentioning kind of, it, but I don't think that it should be a, a, a heavy part of the score. Yeah, uh, we mentioned appearances uh, and and packaging, but they don't count in the, and pre light. Those three things don't count in the score. Uh, but they, but I still think they're an important part of the review. I still well, think, you know, if, if the cigar is sloppily put together, you know, it looks kind of cool. You want to let people know that ahead of time. Well, let me. But it doesn't need to be scored in. Well, let me just give you a good example. Like, look at a lot of Padron cigars, right? Yeah. Look, I love Padron. This is not a disrespect, Mark, but if you look at Padron cigars, I mean, they're not the most 
like even and symmetrical looking cigars. They look a little, you know, on you know, kind of rough looking, you know, so to speak. They're not smooth and you know pressed all the way through. They're they're a little, they're a little off looking. But you cut one and light one, and it's one of the best fucking cigars you've ever had. I mean, Padron makes great yeah. cigars. They taste great. They burn well. They don't look as beautiful, I would say. Not that they're ugly, but they don't have the most perfect-looking appearance, in my opinion. But they smoke and taste unbelievable. So, again, that's why it's like, at the end of the day, what's more important, the way it looks or how it burns and sm- or how it tastes? Um because at the end of the day, I mean, that's the part that's really going to, you know. So I, I, I agree. I think it's um, yeah. very important. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny. I went when I was at Padron earlier in the year. Yes, I saw some of the unbanded cigars, and I had that same reaction. Man, these just look like kind of, eh, you know, they're kind of rustic. and um, But, yeah, I know they're great cigars and everything. Especially, But it was kind of funny when I looked at the cigars sitting in the factory like that, you know. Yeah. It's... Uh... It's true. It's very true. Uh, oh, and I, you know what? I just remembered. I don't think I said what I was smoking. I'm smoking the uh, the Gurkha Grand Age 2 Connecticut. This just came out. More budget-friendly cigar, but it smokes like a $12 cigar, I have to say. Uh, it's a great cigar. There's a Gurkha review coming out on Coop tomorrow, just FYI. The uh, Pure Evil will be coming out tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Okay. We yep. ha- we had so, that. We, we were doing that one ourselves. Unfortunately, uh, that one was sent to Mitchell. And that one was sent directly, and Customs got a hold of it. And when they opened the package, they sliced it open, and they sliced right through all three wrappers. And they all were just – and I said, Mitchell, don't even review it. It's it's not fair because that's not, you can't, it's you not can't. the cigar's fault. Well, it's not that fault. No, you fault. can't. You, once that cigar has any sort of damage, uh, you know, look, even if the wrapper is peeling a bit on mine before – I mean, if the wrapper is peeling before I light it, yeah, I'm not revealing it. Yeah. If it peels when it's being reviewed, that's another story. Well, you know what's interesting? You recently did a review. I, I, I know we talked about this, and I know you already know where I'm going. I know it was a different size. But yeah, and that's why I, I actually wanted to talk about this tonight. Yeah. But you did a review on the Macanudo Flint Knoll, which yep. I smoked, Mitchell smoked. I don't know if Kevin smoked it, but I know me and Mitchell smoked it. We both enjoyed the cigar. It tasted good. It was a nice cigar. But we both said the same thing, that the wrapper is so fragile. It, it, it cracked very easily. There was, there was stems sticking through, um, like very clearly protruding from the wrapper. And so like into, right, right into the first third, it, it already started to kind of break down. And it was unfortunate because the cigar tasted really good, and I really enjoyed the flavor. I was like, wow, this is great. But it just that wrapper it just seemed like it was as thin as like – like a single sheet of toilet paper, not to make like a bad you know reference, but you know it w- it just seemed really thin to me, and 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 the cigar was very well humidified, um you know it was smoked you know in, in the most ideal conditions I guess, so it's not like you know it was dry or it was no right it was very well taken care of. It just I don't know, and then Mitchell said the same thing, and I'm like ah, so it wasn't just me, um, but then you had said in your review, I mean you did a different size, and you did touch on this. Um, and I know you wanted to talk about it, so I'll, I'll let you kind of... Yeah. Um, from what I'll say is, I know you guys smoked the Toro, and I thought the, the Churchill was a far superior experience. We did a roundtable, uh, the Coop team, and all four of us gave it a 91, which yeah. has never happened. That's the highest score we ever gave it. Um, but there were a couple of things I'll note on that. Um, so, 
in my review, when I took pictures of the packaging, the cigars were rolling. They were in slots, you know, those individual slots. And they were rolling around a little in there, which is not a good sign when that happens. It's true. Like, you know, when you open a box, you should see. I know when they pack these boxes, you've seen it too. They make sure everything lines up, everything's symmetrical. But I'm sure they did that, but these were rolling around in there. Um, and no doubt that I, I did have one. I think I might have mentioned in the room, one of the cigars in the box was cracked. The other was fine. But that was a very fragile wrapper. I, I, I will agree with you on that. It just didn't affect us with the review, with the cigars we ended up reviewing. But I also thought that the Churchill was far superior to the Toro in every sense. The Toro, I thought, was a nice cigar. But this Churchill, we, you know, this is, this is contending probably for a top 10, maybe top 5 at this point with me. So we'll see how it goes when it goes to a re-smoke uh, later in the year. Yeah, I'd be very curious on that one. Uh, like I said, I and I I want to smoke. I don't know, I I don't know if I have any more. Cause I I don't think I think I only got like two or three of those. And I know I smoked some and Mitchell smoked some, and I don't think I have any more. So I'm gonna have to get some more. Cause I want to smoke it again. I mean, it, like I said, it 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 wasn't that it was all around bad. So to be fair, I, I want to give it another run, and then I want to—I haven't smoked it in the Churchill size that you reviewed, so I want to yeah. smoke that size too. Um, you know, and, and a lot of it's because of your review. I mean, um, yeah. I, I want to smoke it for myself and and see kind of how sure. it lines no, up. Sure, no, right, and, and that's that's like I said, the beauty of some of this. You know, I'll give you another example um, with the same company, Cohiba Serie M. I had I was smoking cigar after cigar, and the wrapper was. You ever smoke a, something where the wrapper's not on right and it pops and cracks the wrapper yep. as you're smoking it? Yeah. Six yep. or seven cigars in a row did that with me. Uh, in a humidor that I know is under optimum humidity. Uh, and that score ended up getting an 85. I mean, it just did not score well. Um, and there were people who had that as a top cigar of last, a couple of years ago, that Cohiba Syrian. But for me, it no, just it, it it was popping and cracking. It was like popcorn out cracked. Yeah. So um, it happens. Um, sorry. I'm well, Skip my... says the West Tampa White as a fragile wrapper. I agree. I agree on that as well. You know, a lot of Connecticut have these. That's unfortunate byproduct of Connecticut's. Uh, they're very fragile wrappers. Um, especially the U.S. Connecticut ones are even more fragile. I find. Yep. The Ecuadorian ones have a little more beef to it, so. Yeah, um, I don't, I can't remember if I had the West Tampa White yet. I think, uh, I, had, I, think I had the West it's, Tampa it's Black. Forget, it's, it was forgettable, the White. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Rick. <laughs> the Black was better, but the White was forgettable. Mm. And then they recently uh, launched the Red, which I know is out now. Yeah. Yeah, they launched the red, which have, is their third one. So, have you had the uh, red? Hopefully it's better. Not yet. Okay. Yeah, I have gonna... not. I have not jumped on West Tampa like everyone else has yet. Neither have we. A lot of people like them. I, I, um, yeah, I just haven't. The white was a disappointment. The black was okay. Um, but I've had Rick's blends before, and there's there's a lot of them I do like. So I'm sure something will will, will hit me at some point. You know, there's another cigar uh, that the boys keep talking to me about that I haven't had myself, and I think Mitchell has some on his on the way, so he'll have them. 
Um, and that's the new, uh, the Aganorsa. Um, the, is it the Rare Leaf Maduro that you guys keep talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know I keep hearing them, those guys talking about it. I see people on social media talking about it. Um, I haven't had it yet myself. It's it's on my list of things to order. Um, but I, I keep hearing some buzz about that. And I, Have you had that one yet, Coop? I have not. Um, it's I, at this point I put it off till after trade show review. I did procure some. Okay. But um, I was not a fan of the original rare leaf. Now that doesn't mean I'm not gonna like the Maduro. I I thought the original rare leaf was a a big disappointment. My first smoke of it, I was disappointed. I even told I said it to Terrence. I said, look, I'm just being honest. I go, I didn't like it. This is why I didn't like it. And I happened to be in Miami with Terrence. And he said, we're going to smoke it again. And I said, okay. And I smoked it again with him. And it was a lot better. So my second time around was better. Yeah. And I was like, all right. Yeah, okay, I, st I still was. It's still like not like in my top Agonorsa leaf. Um, but it was a lot better than the first one. So I look on it and I say, like, I don't hate it. I think it's, I think it's a decent cigar. It's just not one of my favorites. Um, yeah. It was, yeah, to me, the hoopla around it. Uh, I know it's more of a Criollo blend. Yep. But Aganors has done Criollo blends before. Um, so, and, you know, just that one didn't hit me. Um, Kevin says it's night know, and day from the original Rare Leaf. Okay. Have you guys smoked the Rare Leaf Fusion yet? No, I haven't Maybe. had that one either. Not the Rare Fusion. Um, all right. I, I wasn't thrilled with it. I okay. know they loved it. I didn't think it was a bad cigar, um, but I don't know if it needs a little more time. I, it just didn't hit me either that cigar. Um, so Barbara said but it the wasn't a dud. Barbara said the Supreme Leaf is her favorite Maganorsa, and I know that's one of Nicole's favorites as well. Usually, when those come out, Nicole's very hot to grab those. Um, they've been sized. Those some sizes have been better than others in that line, uh, is what I think. I, I think the best line they do is Anniversario Corojo. To me, that's their that's their Rolls Royce line. They've never had a bad size in that line. Um, the Anniversary Corojo, uh, which they're coming out with the Anniversary Connecticut now this year, so I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I, I yeah, you know, that looks good. I, I'm excited because you know, especially with the trade show coming up, you know, it's a big time for companies to announce stuff and release stuff. Uh, and it, yep. it, it, I'm excited because it's. I feel like you know. Aganors has spent the last year and a half kind of going through their rebanding and their repackaging, and th they had some stuff that came out, but um, you know, for the most part, it, 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 they haven't really made a lot of noise on releases. Um, and I'm excited because you know now I see some stuff coming out, and um, I, I, you know, th four or five years ago, I mean, I remember going into shops and like that's all the staff would talk about. Aganors sleep? Have you had Aganors sleep? Um, you know, they got Cigar of the Year with you know. Cigar Authority. Um, I was smoking a lot of that stuff back in the day. Um, really enjoyed it. And then, of course, I kind of, you know, drifted all over the place once I started, you know, getting more involved in the media. But, um, yeah, no, I'm excited. Aganorsa was, was one of the first brands that I, you know, I found that I really loved and I smoked a lot of and really enjoyed. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful for them this year. Hope that they kind of, you know. I miss those. Yeah, but I miss those old Casa Fernandez Miamis. They were fantastic. Oh, that was the yeah. best line. And, and, the, and yeah. the Arsenios. Yeah. They need to get back to those lines. Those were their two best lines. The Miamis and the Arsenios were fantastic. Those were their, those were their, 
their A game lines, and I would well, love to see those make a comeback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what cigar Agonorsa makes that I really enjoy? And I don't know if they still put it out. I know it's a small production, but I don't know if they still do it. The Buena Cosecha? They still have it, yeah. They do? And it's an underrated. I agree. I, I remember when they came out with it, the packaging was horrendous. <laughs> I, and then Terrence <laughs> kind of streamlined the pack. It wasn't Terrence who did that packaging. And then he right. actually made it a lot better. Kind of Agonorsa sized it. Um, but that's a good It's a value price cigar, too. Uh, it just it doesn't seem like it gets the attention that the validation series or the anniversarios or the Supreme Leaf gets. Yeah, I it's I, I remember telling Terrence I said Terrence I you know I I had a couple of these laying around and like I really enjoy them and he's like oh yeah we we make them but uh, I don't think they're like on a full production from what I understood but then I haven't seen them in a while so I don't know if they just kind of silently go to retailers when they do have them. Um, because I just I haven't really seen yeah. it around. Yeah, I don't think it's like they're. I, I mean, I think it's a line they have in production, but I, I, he's probably right. They don't. He would know, obviously. They just probably aren't rolling as many of them. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. That, that that's Agonors is a is a brand that I'm excited to see at the trade show this year. Um. To really, you know, check in with them and and see the booth yeah. and see Terrence. By the way, uh, Terrence and Kevin have their awards going to Vegas this year. That the, the old airport airport awards. So. Uh, they're oh. in my possessions. Oh. So yeah, they will be. They will. Yeah, there, there was a problem with the award last year. Of, I had, there was a problem with about five awards last year, and I had to reject them at the last minute. You know, I back. have to say, I'm disappointed. So, I'm disappointed, and I and I and I and I partially blame you, Coop, because I think you I think you fucked us on this one because you kept spreading so I much do? hate. Well, you know, you kept spreading so much hate about the airport selfie thing, and I think you really discouraged people. But there haven't been oh, I didn't as say many. There haven't been so, as many participants. No. <laughs> okay. So listen, listen to me. When I got out of this, first of all, I never, I never discouraged anyone. I never discouraged anyone. Let's be clear on that, right? Because I know you're kidding around, right? But I wanted to make sure this was your deal. But Matt, there's a reason why I gave it up. It was dying. Okay. That's why I gave it up. I saw the downtrend. I'm like, well, you know, it's not worth my time to do this anymore. Um, no, Jay, it's and, still active, uh, but you know, people don't want to play the game, so I don't know. I might just well, can't, I, I might I cancel you, it all together. I don't know. People got to start I playing the game. I can't blame. I can't blame you. Um, but I think it jumped the shark. Uh, well, it's it probably jumped the shark. It, it hit its peak. Um, but you know, it's like uh, I. I mean, you can't give five hundred dollars, Matt to Terrence. You just can't. No, can't. <laughs> you just can't give it to. I mean, look, Terrence is creative, but. Uh, it, it's such an easy thing, and uh, but I think people—I don't know—they were—they weren't into it. That's why I can't. That's why I got out of it. It wasn't because of any other reason. So I mean, you said take it. I'm like fine, but I think you need to. I don't know. I need some sort of new life. The fact that Matt is giving away cash, and you people can't get put an airport selfie and tag it. By the way, I've seen you count incorrected tagged posts, Matt. You know that people have been tagging incorrectly. Oh yeah, that's how. That's it. And oh, I've yeah. let people and know got, yeah, it's, got, not, it's not tagged correctly. Okay. It's not eligible. You don't get Matt's giving you money. Like I, I don't want to speak of you. If that what you're doing, were you planning on giving money or something like that? Was that what the it was? A, it was, was a five hundred dollar cash prize, but you know, five hundred dollars to tag a photo correctly in an airport, guys. You guys, this, you know, I don't understand. We've given away cash prizes too, and it's like people will people will go after stickers more than a cash prize. When we give stuff away, I'm, I'm not kidding. It's unbelievable. A sticker that I they mean, slap on a, some they, stupid thing that fades away. They'd rather have a sticker than a $50 gift card. I, 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 I am flabbergasted. That's my beef for the week. I, I, I cannot give away cash. Like, we're going to stop. 
because like we're gonna stop it. We don't see the people respond on it. You guys want stickers? I'll give you stickers instead. Well, it costs me less money. You know, I tried to come oh, up. He's giving you cash, way. people. He's giving you cash, people, for, for his airport contest, Matt. It's better than what I did. I tried to come out bold and be like, all right, let's just up the ante. Let's put a nice big pot out there. And Absolutely. There's like, there's like four generous. guys who are doing it. You know what I mean? It's like, four all right. guys for $500. $500. <laughs> he's getting, you guys should be – any of Matt's followers, you should be embarrassed that you're not doing this. Right? You reps who complain you don't make enough money could be could be getting a bonus here. You just kind of tagged it, right? Come on. Man. Skip said, I will drive to the airport and take a picture for $500. It's a little it's, it's, it's a little more involved than that. You actually have to be traveling through the airport. You have to tag that you're, you have to, you know, you have to tag, like, you know, when you're traveling, as people do. But you have to tag us, you know, you have to tag, you have to put the hashtag in there. And, you know, it has to be, you can't just be, like, in the in the bathroom at the urinal, like, oh, I'm getting it in real quick. Like, no, you have to put some thought into it. Like, you know, you're putting this out there as an entry. For you know what is a very good cash prize, yeah. and you know, and people don't even want to be bothered with it, and it's like fine, Wait. okay, I don't care, I don't care, Wait. I just won't give out any money. Yeah, yeah. Now, now at any cash prizes we've been doing, I gotta have a minimum number of entries. I mean, I can't justify it otherwise. But it's like yeah. I, I'm telling you, we gave away a fifty dollar Visa gift card and got more response for getting coupe stickers than a fifty dollar gift card. And these, this is my audience. I don't, I am flabbergasted. I, I. It, we just had a whole talk on prizes in general, and I'm, I'm not sure what we're going to do about it because I want to understand why people don't want a, a Visa gift card. I mean, they'd rather have a coupe sticker, which is worth like 30 cents. So Kevin said, I'm at the airport a lot for work. I got to start doing selfies while on the job. I can't win, but I get, I can I can get Terrence really fired up. And that's true. Kevin is ineligible because he's a smoking tobacco employee, but, you know, uh, it would be nice to help influence more people to play along. You know, Man. Mitchell is not a very regular traveler, so he gets an excuse. Uh, I think he travels like twice a year. I don't. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, that's I fine. Travel, I, I travel. <laughs> I travel by air confidentially, but when I mostly travel, I travel by car. And that's true. So, uh, and Coop's, Coop tries yeah, to drive when he can, so he you know gets a pass on that. But, Plus, he's retired from the game, but, so. But Mitchell, but, you better you better you bet your ass when you come down for PCA. If you don't do an airport selfie check in, it's not going to be a good week for you. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> I'll leave boy, leave boy one door one here because you, you got you got like one opportunity, and if you don't do it, then it's like this guy. You know what I mean? It's like what the fuck. So I'm going to be watching out for you. <laughs> you are ineligible to win, but you know you got to you know play along. <laughs> hey, got to represent. Oh maybe maybe God. we should maybe we should change it to a cheese steak selfie contest. The cheese takes oh you know, <laughs> you know food, there's something food, I want to do around cheesesteak with Terrence. Food photo contest. Oh, I have an yeah, idea food photo contest. With Terrence, by the way. Okay, Here go ahead, go. cool. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to talk oh, offline be, on it. To see oh, you want to do this yeah. offline? Okay, all right. Mitchell. I want to I want to run something by a few people and see how we can like, and then we can. Announce what it is, like what I'm gonna do. But Mitchell, I wanna, I wanna don't let me forget on. to ask him after the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah. It's uh, it's it's disappointing. You know, it is. And I expected more from people. And it sounds I, like I'm very it sounds like Jay Davis is I'm in very... Michigan. So if he, if if he flew there, I never got an I never got a check in. So shame on Jay Davis if he flew. If he drove, okay, fine. But driving yeah. from Texas yeah. to Michigan is a long ride. So. You know what oh. I find the funniest thing, though, Matt, is these people, they they take more pictures in the airports than where they're going. 
It is hysterical. I know. Like, and then and then I asked, like, and especially the reps do it, right? And I asked the rep once. I said, why do you take pictures in the airport and not take pictures at the stores? And they said, well, we don't want the other stores to know we're in town. And I just, like, mic dropped at that point. I'm like, huh? <laughs> you're putting an airport picture up of where you're going, right? But you don't want them to know where you are in town. I'm like, that makes no sense. I mean, stores, the other stores get jealous. I don't know. Did people in the cigar industry, like, as kids where maybe they didn't take enough plane rides, that they have to tell everyone they're taking a plane ride? I mean, I, I, I still can't figure it out. I mean, to this day, I can't figure out this, this industry's obsession with taking pictures on airplanes is, to me, and, and everyone, when they do it, you get this face like this. Like, you look mis they look miserable. Like, in every picture. Like, there's no, like, the only guy who smiles for them is, like, there's a few. Kevin, Kevin and Barbara did good, by the way. I want to give them. Uh, Rafael Nadal's great at it. He's going to say Rafael Nadal. He's always stoked, yeah. man. And, and look at the food photos he puts up. In the tri like, you're going to tell me about the culture oh. where Rafael's going. Right? I, Rafael dude, is, a, he, is he, a very cultured individual, you know? Oh, my, my goodness. This, this last trip, he had to gain 30 pounds. I mean, have you seen the amount of eating he's done on this trip? Dude, I'm jealous. <laughs> I like to eat. Carn so. It's carnage. This is this makes John Carney look like he's on a diet, okay? <laughs> Compared to what I've seen. That's Rafael. not easy to do. I okay. just ate with John last week. I, yeah, Carney, <laughs> carnage is goes but Raphael's taking another level. Uh and by the way, Raphael will be on, on the June twentieth show with us. So we're gonna be getting a full report on this eating extravaganza he's been on this week. Yeah, they um I've been trying to I've been trying to get him on the show. Um He's, been, he's hard to get. He's hard he's, to get. He's definitely he's he's hard. Busy man. Yeah, we've been trying him for a while. He's difficult. He's really busy. Trust me. Trust me. He's really. I mean, I was with him in the DR, right from the DR. He, he's just been on the road a lot this year. Uh, you'll get him. You'll get him. He, he's a good guy. He'll, you'll get him. Alan uh, said he'll be at the trade show. This Alan year. said Raphael is also on an Altidus expense account. Most reps don't have an expense account that big. Uh, he was on an expense account in uh, Morocco riding camels. I mean, that was his. That was his personal time. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I don't think he's going to be expensive. He, he does a lot. No, I don't think he was expensive. I, I doubt Javier is going to prove the camel ride in Morocco. <laughs> so Yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, Kevin said it's 3 nothing Vegas right now, which was a little bit back. But... Looking, oh, I mean, wow. I, I mean uh, what you, period, you know, Kevin? What period really... are they in? Two. Yeah. In the second period? Yeah. By the way, uh, what's really cool is, you know, next year we may be maybe – uh, a Vegas uh, Golden Knights game could be in the works of PCA, you know? I'm in. If they're in town. Me and Kevin already talked about it because I think he brought it up, and I was like, dude, if I'm in town in the game, like, I'm going. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they, could be, they, could be, they may be Stanley Cup champions, so it would be great, you know? So, uh, what I a think, year they've had, by the way. I give think them, both of Florida's credit. teams are going to lose the championships. Look, no, and they have nothing to be ashamed about. Like, uh, especially with that Miami game we were watching a couple weeks ago. Willie Morante is still complaining about the refs, by the way. <laughs> Willie Morante is going to be complaining about the refs until the day he dies, all right? He, 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 you know, he's going like, to be 89 and be like, those refs, you know. Uh, I'm like, I, look, <laughs> if anyone watches this Miami-Denver series, right, look, you don't have to be a rocket. Denver is a championship-caliber team. They are a much better team than Miami. It doesn't matter if the refs gave Miami every call is what I'm saying. They are not – Miami's not beating this team. This Denver team is a, a great team, and they're going to probably get the NBA title for a reason. <laughs> not the refs. Yeah. 
What happened to the refs? What happened to the refs? If the refs didn't want Miami, why did Miami win Game Seven in Boston? That's it, what I... It's funny. Jay Davis says maybe we can catch Opening Day for the A's in Vegas. Yeah. Well, by the time the A, the A's Aaron, are Aaron's already Vegas, been talking about it. By the time they're there, though, the trade show might not even be in Vegas anymore. So no, there's 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 talk possibly of them going next year if they're, they're looking at options. We're gonna play at Las Vegas Ballpark where the Triple A team plays. Uh, either that or at uh, Sam Boyd Stadium where UNLV is. But I don't think it's yeah. gonna be the major league standards is gonna be the problem. So I don't know if Damn, Sam. I don't think it, Sam Boyd would be a good option. I think uh, Las Vegas Ballpark would probably be better for them. I mean, yeah. Hey, they probably you know, struggle uh, to fill that one too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I gotta be honest. I'm really, I'm really disappointed that Trop County is getting torn down. Uh, it's an iconic hotel. Yeah. It's been there for as long as I've been going there. Yeah. Yes, it's fallen on hard times. Yes, it's not the same, but it's it's still got a little bit of the old Vegas vibe to it. It's um, one of the only originals left. And, yeah, and the other thing we're actually my, you know, there's a really cool uh, chapel. Not chapel, actually church, right? A Catholic church right behind it. Yeah. Um, and it's more of a uh, a mission. But it's a place, you know, if you're in Vegas, you decide to go to Mass, right? Some people may want to do that, right? Uh, I'm not going to knock anyone who does or doesn't, but I heard that might be in some trouble too. And it's a shame because they uh, they they really are that, – that little church is wonderful for tourists and so welcoming to everybody. And I hope I hope they don't get kicked out because of this. But they're right behind the Tropicana is why I say that. Yeah, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, I, I'm very into, you know, Vegas history. Is you know, I'm, I'm a big Vegas guy myself. Um, not because I like to go there and party. Uh, I just, I, I just love the city. Um, you know, um, for so many different well, reasons. It. For so many different reasons. Um, you know, it's not something I talk about a lot, but I, I do, I do love the city, uh, and I love the history of the city, and. Um, you know, it's true, and it that's a place where, you know, places get old, they just tear them down. You know, I, here in Boston, like I live in Boston, you know, 75% of the city is from the 1600s. I mean, the cobblestone roads yeah. are still under, like they paved over them. They're still there. You know, you go down to the yeah. north end, there's cobblestone roads. The old north church, there's cobblestone. I mean, it, it's, it's original history here. You know, you go to Vegas and they just tear it down after 30 40 years and they just keep moving yeah. on and so it, it's hard to yeah. it's hard to like you know appreciate the history there cuz most people don't know about the history there because they just get rid of it so quick you know and uh the tropicana the flamingo uh who else is there the old imperial the old imperial the that's old that's not imperial uh, palace resorts. anymore but yeah uh technically uh, what is now the horseshoe on the strip uh that was Bally's, was the original mgm grand um, the str part of the stratosphere used to be the Bally's. The Bally's closed. The Bally's closed. It became the Horseshoe. Oh, right next to right next to Paris. Yep. And one 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 tower be is now going to be part of Paris, and the rest of it has now been rebranded as the Horseshoe. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, but that's connected. That's connected to Paris. The Bally. I know they're all connected. Yes. So I, mean, I guess. I, uh, yeah. So they didn't tear it down. They just re. You know. I mean, and they change things every few years. I mean, do you, Matt, you don't remember. The old um, Champagne Laguna Bar no. in Vegas, which was which was the predecessor to Bar Luca, and I, I know I've told this story. I went to Vegas for uh, an IBM convention, and I said, "Hey, uh, let's go meet and have some cigars." I I know a great place in the Palazzo where we could go smoke. It's a nice lounge area, and I so I my the people I was meeting got there early, and they're, they're going to me. They go, "We can't find this place." I'm like, "It's right there, right when you kind of walk in." It's 
straight ahead. And they said, no, it's like gone. And I, so I get there, and it was gone. It was all under construction. So I write this story on Cigar Coop. It was like one of the most read stories in the history of ever. I start getting phone calls the next morning. Like, I remember Eric Espinosa rang me. It was 5 in the morning. He's like, is it true to the, the, losing the circle bar? You know, it's like people were calling me up. They were all upset about this. Um, and then Bar Luca replaced it, which Bar Luca has a completely different vibe than that old champagne bar did. That, it was very, that champagne bar was so nice. Uh, it used to be the best kept secret in the cigar industry till people found out about it. And then it, then it became like you couldn't wait to get out of there. The other thing that, you know, I, I liked about a lot of the resorts was they, they were really dedicated with their themes. And I remember being there in like 2010, and a lot of them were still kind of that old school vibe. They had their theme. They were kind of dark inside, and it just you, know, you knew you're in the casino. And I remember I, I hadn't been back for several years, and when I finally made it back, like they were all kind of like you know plain white walls, really bright, not a lot of. Th- I mean, this theme, but like it just uh, more sterile. You know, they they just they're more sterile now, yeah. and. I don't know. It's just, it's not what it used to be. No, and it's so much harder to smoke now in Vegas. I mean, I'm going back 20 years ago. I remember how easy it was to smoke uh, in, in the lounge areas. I mean, yes, you could smoke on the casino floor, but if you're not gambling. Um, well, you can't you smoke at the tables. Oh, well, a lot of them, right. you smoke I at the tables and they bitch and complain. And you're like, well, like, and, what the fuck? Yeah. If I go 20 feet that way, I'm at a slot yeah. machine. What's the difference? Oh, we don't want the smoke yeah, in the and, dealer's face. It's like... I mean, you're and in the, the slot machine, you aren't exactly comfortable. That, yeah, you can't just hang around a slot machine with a group of guys and not like put money in it. So, uh, you I know. know, it's not really. It's gotten it's gotten a lot more tougher. Um, that being said, I think we all agree that Vegas is probably still the as much as I, Vegas gets to me at times. It's still the best place to have our show. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it know, is. I, I wouldn't mind it leaving Vegas, but I'm just telling you, I don't think there's a better place right now. Yeah, and I'm. I, I know that the announcement for New Orleans to be confirmed is any day now, and I'm just so disappointed. Um, Scott was on my show Thursday night. I don't think it's coming any day. Um, but I think it's coming. Yeah. I think they're still in some negotiations with that right now. Uh, they you know, but he was non-committal, but he was committal. Uh, so he was talking about some things that like New, like New Orleans has some zoning things that they can they can block off certain areas of for smoking particularly around the convention center area so um he was you know and then there was that whole thing that the pca put out about the what was it the tax exempt status yep, yep we saw that which which all right there was there was all right i was yeah i mean that's no that was i don't know if you want to call it newsworthy it's i guess it is most people probably wouldn't care unless they understood it was a trade show right but uh but, P- but I think PCA puts out a press release on it was not bad either. They, they, they need to communicate something like that too, so I'm not criticizing them. No, but, no, know, no, no, no. I agree. Well, I'm saying it wouldn't have been exciting. That story wouldn't have been. No one would have cared about that story unless it was tied to the trade show. You know what I'm saying? That, that was my point. Oh, 100%. Or unless, yeah. you know, you actually live there. Uh, n- yeah. And um, I just, I, I know several people who, who've, who've done the trade show in New Orleans years ago. Um, almost every person I asked was like, "Oh, it sucked. Oh, it, it sucked." Sucks. And it, people, it, and, and, and I'm asking sucked. like manufacturers too. People like, you know, and you know, I'm like, "So why are we doing this?" I mean, <laughs> it's just it. Well, it was now 
part of why it sucked, there were two reasons why it sucked. Number one was, again, everything's all spread out, right? Not a unique problem in New Orleans, right? Actually, three things. One, everything was all spread out. Two is there is a heavy smoking ban that was put in place. The third thing, which won't be a factor if it goes back to New Orleans, it was the heat. The heat was just oppressive. Yeah. Um, it was worse in Vegas because of the humidity. So, um, although, like I said, 119 degrees in Vegas is a different story. I get that. But, but it was like 90s with, like, very high, you know, 70%. Yeah, but the difference is, fun. as hot as it is in Vegas in July, which that won't be an issue, but as hot as that is, I'd rather take that than be in New Orleans for 90 degrees with, like, 200% humidity, and you're just fucking soaking wet the entire time. And, and yeah. it's heavy, and it's just like, ah, yeah. oh, I just want to kill myself. Like, this sucks. Like, so, I'll you never, know? I walked up. I was in a hotel a block away. Walked, right, to the convention center. Was soaked. Like, by the time I – coming out of the convention center in my hotel room, by the time I got to the hotel, room, I was soaked, soaking wet. I'm like – you wouldn't, you know. I just walked like a block. I mean, it was all it was. Jay it was said, brutal. "Can't be worse than Orlando in 2012." It was worse. 15, I thought it was worse. It was, Orlando. Here's the Jay. Orlando, at least I was able to get in my car with the air conditioning on. That was the difference. But getting in my so, car was a little bit of a, it. Was that? For from from Matt, like at least from what I've heard so far being said, and in terms of like Coop said, the three main things, you know, things being spread out. The fact that you couldn't smoke and uh, the fact that it's super hot. So I think the PCA is really working on the fact of allowing people to be able to smoke everywhere that yeah. the show is the, going to be centered around. The other thing yeah, is I think um, they're also focusing on creating a atmosphere that is close to or around where either the hotels are situated or where the trade show is situated. So you're kind of eliminating all the issues that they had. And then like just looking quickly on Google, average temperatures for March and April are highs of 73, lows of 54. And then in April, you're looking at highs of 79 and, high, and lows of 61, which in my opinion are absolutely perfect temperatures. And so... It, yeah, yeah. I think I think it would be a better trade show. It wouldn't be better than Vegas, but I think they're mending a lot of things. We're trying to to make it as yeah. accessible as possible. Yeah, I mean, I'll encourage folks to listen to the interview we did with Scott because I talked to him a lot about um, the you know how PCA is in a position of leverage in New Orleans right now because they want the show back there. So it sounds like that Scott is you know definitely looking at things that. You know, need things that need to get done, and uh, you know, so give them credit on that. They're not just going in there and saying, "Oh, all right, New Orleans, whatever you say." I think they're going in, they're trying to really make this a, a good experience. And look, I gotta say, it's like we, we interviewed Scott the other night, right? I remember when I interviewed Scott, we used to beat him up for two hours, right? There's not much I could beat him up on anymore. The guy's done an incredible job. He's the he best. Has. I said this. He is the best executive director in the history of this organization, in the 90 years of this organization. You can't beat the guy up on much anymore, you know. Like so, um, you know. So, so I'm gonna give them a lot of credit. I have a lot of confidence in them right now, and and, and the board. I know Jay's listening, and I have confidence in the board as well. So um, they'll get something done. If it goes to New Orleans, I think they will make it as good of an experience as possible. No, I don't want it to go to New Orleans, but I have confidence that we're not. It's not gonna be like 2015 either. So. Yeah, Jay was like, "I don't care what it is, I'm going to the trade show," and that's true. I mean, either way, we're still going. Exactly. But, you know, we're all going. We're going. We're going. We're going unless something prevents we just, us. We know, just but, need yeah. something to complain about, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, well, it's getting more expensive to go to the trade show. We know that, but that's 
funding is a becoming more of an issue with us every year because uh, it's getting more expensive to cover the trade show for us every year. We're trying to improve our coverage every year. We just bought some new equipment yesterday. It adds up. I mean, it was like when I was going myself and <laughs> it was like nothing. Now it's we got four people and they all have to have the right equipment and, you know, all this stuff. It, it's it's adding up a lot. So it is getting expensive to cover this show. I won't lie to you. Yeah. Yeah. I um. Kevin says, I, I, I will miss the 15 minute drive when it leaves Vegas. Oh, yeah. I'm... It's true. <laughs> yeah, but at least, you know. Uh, I know they were talking. Scott said one thing they were looking at was Fort Worth. Now, I'm secretly rooting for Fort Worth. Uh, that will save me some some airfare with Bear. So, yeah, uh, yeah. So you know, Vegas works uh, for us because we got Kevin out there. Uh, we got Kevin. I got home. And, and what's cool about Kevin having him there? Like, I'm close to when Vegas. We too. were going through all the pandemic stuff. Bro. Kevin was my guy on the inside of Vegas. I, I, Kevin would give me a lot of good information what was going on with the pandemic in Vegas and everything. So he was a guy on the inside there, which is so. So that's a big loss for smoking tobacco, is what I'm gonna say. Not having the guy on the inside in Vegas there is. Uh, I know. I know. Yeah. But you know, at the same time, people say, "Well, we, they want to do a couple years other places and then come back to Vegas." So it's like. Okay. I think they want to keep it. I think they want to keep it in Vegas. From talking to Scott, they want to keep this in Vegas. So long term, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're just. I, yeah. I think they're they're just waiting on some contract Wait, availability. What was, that, what was that? What was that comment about the twenty five hundred dollars? It just flashed by. Oh, that was uh, Jay Davis. He said the trade oh, show. Okay. Is, the trade show is cheaper than pro cigar. Sixteen hundred dollars. Okay, okay. I just I missed it. That's why. Oh, uh, but uh, the difference is. I thought pro cigar was way more expensive than that. Pro cigar is more expensive. No, pro cigar it, it is cheaper than pro cigar and pro cigar, and it's more and it's better ROI in it. Um, there's no doubt about that. I do get more covered from those organizations than I do from the PCA, though. So I do get more expenses offset with that. Um, but yeah, it is. It, it and the other thing is, I'm not taking four people that day, so it, it kind of it, it, it does add up. Like, like we're not buying equipment. We're not, you know, it's it's we're not spending hours doing videos. It's the whole team. That's what I'm kind of saying. The whole team doesn't go to those, and uh, but it is it is it is not cheap going to those two events either. If we didn't get some media support on those, we wouldn't be able to go. They're expensive. They're very expensive. Um, yeah, Carney Carney's going to celebrate his 40th birthday at Pro Cigar next year. Oh wow! Yeah, Mental. I, didn't, re I uh, didn't even realize he was that old. We were at dinner last week, and it came up, and I was like, "How old are you now? Like 37? He's like, "Dude, I'm 39." I'm like, "I mean, I, I remember oh, when he fuck. was 27 <laughs> or 28." When yeah, I mean, uh, man, I'm. Well, let me tell you, you missed out on a night of nights uh, at, at Saga with Carney. And oh, here we go. We're gonna hear about this again. They, oh my god, <laughs> we were video. We were vi we were videotaping. The sizzling tomahawks. I mean, we were doing live coverage of the sizzling tomahawks. I mean, it was Carney. And we, you and I talked about it this week, right? Some on a social. When you go with Carney to dinner, you just you go in auto. You just you just sit back and let him do his thing. You let him. Same with Raphael. When you go to dinner with Raphael, it's the same thing. Let them just order. They will take care of you. You don't need to worry. <laughs> you know? So it's funny. So. <laughs> I know a lot of people knew that you know, we were together because you know, he tagged us on Facebook or whatever. But uh, so yeah, we, John was in town. We went to dinner, um, you know, as we do, you know, because we're tight. Um, and it's funny. So we get to the restaurant and we sit down, 
and my menu is still closed in front of me. And uh, we're, 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 I'm just talking. I'm drinking my water. He's ordering wine. He's like, "Are you gonna look at the menu?" I said, "Why? Like, why am I gonna wait? Why am I? I go. I know you. I go. I already know that you Don't scoped out the whole menu. I already know you know what you're gonna get." And he just laughed. And I said, "So what are we getting?" He goes, "We're gonna do the bone-in tomahawk." And I'm like, "See, you already know what you want." I'm like, "Why am I you gonna look at the menu?" <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't need to bother. Um, like, same with Raphael. I went to dinner with Raphael at Bazaar Meats once, and let him just Raphael. I'm in your hands. And, and, and just don't get me that again. You'll be not, fine. Not only did John know what we were getting, but he had it all planned out by course. He was like, "All right, first, <laughs> first I'm swear to God." He goes, first, so we're gonna get shrimp cocktail, and we're gonna get oysters, okay?" And then we're gonna. Then after that, we'll order a second round. We're gonna get the, the tomato salad with burrata, and the um, the steak tartare. And then we were gonna get, we were gonna get the tomahawk. And then we they were doing a prime rib special, and he saw them come out and he goes, "Oh, those are the prime ribs." He's like, "Nah, we're getting those instead." So then you know that was the next round. Um, you know, he, but so he had it all planned out and then he picked the wine for each, like each one, like he, he got yeah. like a specific wine. Like, so not only does he know what he wants, but he also coordinates it like a pro, you know what I mean? It's like a production yeah. and it's, yeah. you know, so why get in the way of that? That's, that's my only thing. Why get in the way of that? Let him do his thing. He's yeah. a professional. Yeah. I mean, not that I don't know how to order at a restaurant, but you know, he's a professional. I let him do his thing yeah. and it's always great. I can never complain. You know, it's great. You know, fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, you made me think of a funny Raphael story, Raphael Nadal. So I went to dinner with him at Bizarre Meats a few years ago at TPE, the year I went. And he orders a ton of food. Of course, there's oil, there's some oil based dish. And, and I get oil all over my shirt. Right? Bad. Oh. Like, really bad, right? So, like, yeah. And he's, I'm so embarrassed. And Raphael's don't worry about it. Well, well this year, Pro Cigar, I see him come out from uh, one of the meals. And I look at his shirt and I'm like, uh, Raphael, this guy, no. He's like, I said, because I told you not to worry about it. It happens to all of us because he had the oil on his shirt, too. So, you know, you don't have to make a mess when you eat, but what I will say this if you do, shit happens, but hopefully it also means that you really enjoyed yourself. That's all. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, we did a dinner with Carney one year. At, uh, he took us to the Hard Rock Cafe, it was the MB Steak. And the other thing I'll say is not only do you let John order, you don't have to worry about there being enough food. There will be enough food and more. So that's the other thing. Just you won't go hungry. People are still talking about pro cigar in the comments. I think it's, we, we've like moved away. <laughs> People are still talking about pro cigar. It's great. Uh, why are they all talking about pro? I know some of them are going fast, but uh, it, it's a great. I mean, I think we talked a lot about it on the show. It's, it's, I plan on going again next year. Uh, I won't be going to TPA. Um, and I probably won't be going to the Great Smoke uh, because they're conflicting. But um, it's a unique opportunity I get to be with people in the industry that normally don't leave the DR. So it's an important thing to go to. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, you know, it, it is it is an important event, uh, and it's very different. Uh, as we you know we've talked about it on the show so many times. Um, it is different and. Again, the only thing that sucks about it all is it all takes place at the same fucking time of the year, and it's just... Yeah, and, and but I'm going to defend Pro Cigar here. They've been doing it the same week every year for as long as they've been doing it. That's true. And they really have to do it that week of the year because of the way of 
crops. the harvest work. And if they, you know, there's another harvest later in the year, but it's hurricane season. So you don't want to be going, you don't want to have an event like that in the middle of hurricane season. So um, that's going to be an interesting thing to watch with TPE now moving to the fall. Not TPE, TAA moving to the fall. Is all these places they have it are hurricane-prone areas. Like Cabo has the Pacific hurricanes. Yep. Obviously, Casa de Campo. So that's going to be something in- interesting to watch. Um, where they're gonna, when they're going to have because I think hurricanes will play a much more prominent role now in the weather with some of these ones now. Hey, at least for us, we don't go to TAA, so it's really not a concern. They for don't us. want. Oh, they would. They, they well. They. I don't think. Let's put it like this. I don't think they would let me within ten miles of the TAA anymore. So you specifically, they don't uh, want you there. They, well, I don't want anything to do with them anymore either. So it's a, it's a, it's a two-way street. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. We are, like. By the way, we still are covering a few TAA. If a company sends us a press release for TAA, we will cover it. Uh, but we will not seek it out anymore. Uh, we will not pursue it boat. anymore. We will not. Yeah, I mean, if a company's asking us, hey, we want to share this. Like, we just did it with Casada, right? Um, we did it with Herclots. We're still going to do that. If someone sends us a TAA cigar to review, we'll do it. We'll probably even buy some, like Pete's, because Pete's always been a great supporter. But, you know, if a company's like, we have to chase them down for your TAA info, sorry, we're not interested. So, it's it's you know, we'll, we'll prioritize it like the companies are prioritizing it. I think we'll, everyone will be happier that way. The um, you know, it's an interesting story. I know, um, I know, Coop. I know you you know about this one. But for those who haven't heard, um, Favilli Mombacho uh, announced this week that they are uh, they're closing up shop. They are they're shutting yep. down. Um, which I mean. I know Mitchell's very fond of them. Um, I am too, and uh, I'll talk a little more about it, but yeah. I, I haven't had a lot of their stuff. I've had a little bit. Um, in my experience, I just I haven't seen a lot of it. It does. It just doesn't seem to be um, very uh, relevant, at least around where I am. Um, you know, so uh, for me, I'm like, I, I, I'm not really surprised. Um, I just, I don't really see a lot of that stuff, uh, or hear people talking about it. Uh, you know, I, it's just one of those so, things that's kind of operating in the back. I, yeah, Mitchell I, knows I, it very well, uh, but yeah. And I'll give some thoughts on it too. Cause I was there in February, but Mitchell, I know this was one, you yeah, and I so, talked about this brand a lot. So Favili, like originally they, they were started by a Canadian who, who started a, a beer company here were very successful and he went down on a trip and. It was, I think it was a couple guys, but he ended up kind of staying with the company a lot longer. And uh, and they ended up getting a distribution deal in Canada where they could pretty much import their cigars at a much lower tax rate than pretty much any other cigar and distribute it into Canada. So they were selling in Canada, you know, in the States, their cigars were ranging between probably 9 to $15, some of their higher end stuff, maybe in the $20 range. But in Canada, they were selling cigars at that same price point where cigars regularly are 30 to $40 here. Not only that, but they were also direct to consumer in Canada and almost no other brands were. So you could order them with no taxes, added on top of the price, um, and they would ship it directly to your house. So it was very accessible. Um, and uh, yeah, Claudio did a great job in the beginning with the blends. And then, yeah, in terms of like more recently, you know, obviously Claudio leaving 
um, and Jared kind of taking things over, bringing in Indiana. There was like a lot of changes happening. Uh, they did a few new reblends. They came out with the Granada series. They came out with a few other things. And uh, I think the production scale, like again, Coop, you've been there. The the production scale is tiny. Like it's it's flabbergasting that they can actually even get the amount of cigars that they got out in the past yep. because yep. the the factory is literally just a house. Like it yeah. is tiny so it's not it's, so that, it's, it's like a house set up it's not like a, a factory yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 exactly so so even even that in itself is is another big thing is probably why you don't see a lot because they, they weren't putting in huge production orders but they were putting in enough to get through what they were selling and um like i said they had a little bit of like a stronger uh market in canada and a bit more of that direct-to-consumer uh strategy and then, uh, and yeah, like I said, I really, I really liked some Claudio blends. I really loved a lot of the stuff Indiana did, but I think her kind of stepping into the role in Casa Ortez and like with her own family's heritage, being in the farms and all those kinds of things, they, I think they had a larger goal than what Favili really could have offered Jared and, uh, and Indiana. So I think the natural progression was to kind of turn it into this, you know, beautiful uh, destination and then kind of transition into going into Casa Ortez and bringing that into light, especially because Indiana Ortez holds the name and her father and, and everything like that around that, uh, I think is a, is a better and bigger story for uh, her legacy, at least in my opinion. So it, it was, uh, like I said, the, the few blends that came out with, I really enjoyed. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mitchell, you nailed it. That's exactly what my discussions with Jared said. But you were right. Um, when so look, I think that when they had to change the name Favilli to Favilli for because it was a uh, a trademark issue with with Aganor Salif over the Mombacho name, and they couldn't use the name in the U.S. Right. So, you know, I guess they could have sold the brands, but they couldn't sell the Mombacho brand in the U.S. Right. So it didn't have a lot of value, and Favilli was a newer name, and I thought. In the short time Indiana was there, the blends she did were, were really good. The Granada series was really good. The Ladrillos, which you turned me on to, those box presses were really good. But like you said, that factory just did not have capacity. So Jared had really much made the decision already to stop manufacturing in that factory um, and start to go. Uh, he actually left the company, formed his own distribution company. Um, which was like Favilli, and he was going to license the Favilli name, and but he was going to use other factories. But ultimately, I think he decided probably not worth it at this point. Let me just kind of go with uh, these other factories. He's working on stuff. Indiana's got the Casa de Ortiz stuff, like you said, it's coming out. Um, he's got a line called MBF Cigars. It's going to be his brand coming out in there. So um, I think they're... I think Jared and Indiana are a sensational couple. They are engaged. Uh, Power couple. A Power great couple. thing. Uh, yeah. They, listen, they are they, Jared. I know Jared going back to his Drew Estate days and Debonair days. He's, he's a fantastic individual. Indiana is a, a rising star. Um, I'm glad that they're not out of the industry. So they're still going to be. But you know, the the chapter was already. I could tell the chapter was already closed when I was at Pavilion. Remember, I could, told you I couldn't even find any Ladrillos there. They had no Ladrillos. Like, yeah. and that was just telling me right there. That yeah, I, when I looked at it, I'm like, there's no way they can. 
can be doing this. Um, and but they also Jared is his words that the Favilli staying with them. I guess so. I don't. I think it's still gonna be co-owned by. Uh, I guess the old Mombacha people and, and Jared was a co-owner in the company as well. So the, the, the facility bank, I was really worried they were going to be closing that place. Cause it's, you got to go there if you're ever there. It's a wonderful place just to just relax in Granada. Uh, I spent a couple of days in Granada and I, I loved going there. So um, they're not, the good news is that the folks who were making the cigars a year ago are not going anywhere. We're just not going to have Favilli branded cigars anymore. And maybe they can find a way to bring Ladrillos back. And I don't know if it makes sense for them to I, do Ladrillos anymore. You know, yeah. just again, I think they've moved on from that chapter. I hope they can repurpose the blend in some way. Because yeah, I thought that was, it was good. great. It was and every everyone, everyone I got it to in their hands, they were like, "Wow!" They were they were just like, "This yeah, is really good." Because Jared got me one. Jared, they gave me one. I mean, I told you, I got one afterwards, and I'm like. I like wow, this was really good, and I thought the we were all raving about the Granada Lava, which was the Maduro that Indiana did. Yes, I mean we yes. we were buying them and smoking them like you could you buy stuff there, and uh, it was it was great. It, but it's sad the Mombacho folks were really good folks to us at, at Coop. Going back to when Market there was a guy named Marcus who was co owner when Claudio was there. They've always been great to us. Uh, Rob Robbie Rasmussen was there for a while as a brand, yeah, Robbie Raz. a brand manager, rather. Brand, I mean, we've always had a great relationship with that company. So you hate to see them shut a chapter down like that. Uh, but the good news is, it's not just you know, like I said, it's going to live on in different forms right now. It's it's evolving as a business, I think. Yeah. Yeah, very true. I mean, you know, it's kind of like. It's not really the same thing, but you kind of look at like what Herklotz did with Nat Sherman and then Ferry Otego. You know, Altria shut down Nat Sherman, and then Herklotz kind of, you know, they, they bought the trademarks sure. and, it, and, and, and kept that alive. You know, they kept Timeless and Metropolitan um, and kept it alive. So while it's the original company's gone, the Nat Sherman townhouse is gone, very historic. You know, the brands live on. And, you know, um, Michael and Brendan have done a great job of trying to preserve as much of what it used to be, just you know, under uh, a different. Ownership. They've done a great. They have done a great job, really. Uh, so, it, it, and that's it, a tough. Yeah. I, I don't maybe maybe not exactly the same, but kind of similar. Not just a complete like we're gone, goodbye, we're walking away, doing other things. Um, it's still, kind of, those people will be involved in the business. How many people have ever had to shut down a brand and then restart it again, like a couple months later? Uh, it's probably they're probably the only Michael's probably the only person. And Michael and Brenda are probably the only two people who've ever had to do that like this before. Uh, yeah. Um, or if they're one of the few, so it, you know they had a, they had things that they, you know in September three years ago they were clearing out their inventory. They were clearing inventory out, you know. Yep. Um, and now they had to start production back up again, form a new district. It was. Uh, it, it it wasn't gonna. They weren't gonna turn a switch on overnight with it. So, uh, Michael's out there. I mean, I see him out there doing a lot of events too. So he is hustling. This guy. Oh, he is. He is. Um, the one good thing about that is he's been in the business a long time. So people already know yep. who he is. Um, he's using the same names that people already know. You know, people still know Timeless and Metropolitan, you know, so it's like you kind of – it's still hard. I'm not saying it's easy, 
But the advantage no. he has is he he's still using the same names, so to speak, right? So it's like it's yeah. not that hard to sell people on. And I believe all those cigars are still being made at the same factories they were made with Nat Sherman. So it's like he, he's, absolutely everything's yep. kind of the same. It's just now he's he's just he's basically running Nat Sherman. In a, in, a, in a sense, not literally, but in a Parts sense. Parts of Nat Sherman, I guess. He's, yeah, he, he's, he's kind of like running the next chapter of what Nat Sherman would be by himself with Brendan. So not having a big company, it's them doing it. You know, I mean, they have Davidoff, you know, facilitating some of it too, which helps. But, you know, it's it's not easy, but he's they're making it's it work. And to my yeah, knowledge, again, I don't, I don't, go ahead, I don't go that far back. To my knowledge, Herklotz was the one that spearheaded the creation of a lot of those brands to begin with. So it's not like he, you know, so he he was almost like he was almost the creator of them. Obviously, his names weren't on them directly, but right, you know, he was there putting in a large amount of the input to create them. And like I said, he almost had this like. He, he probably felt that he had this he, he had to keep the brands around you know so uh, I know this may sound easier said than done though but how much of a jump start would it be if Michael created timeless Maduro it would totally jump start that end of the, that that brand I think more I think you know just oh timeless Maduro because I think people like timeless they like the metropolitans metropolitans was the stuff before Michael got there. The timeless stuff mostly is his stuff now. Right. Um, um, but how much would that like jumpstart it? Like you just come out with a time a broadleaf version of timeless or something like that. It would. To- I think it would totally put some juice into the brand right those brands right now. I think sometimes you just need to do that. I don't think you need to create a ton of new lines, but maybe one or two. Introduce a couple. I think now is a point where you want you have the Ferriotegos, which are annual limited releases, but I think you need to do something now to keep the brand name awareness up um and maybe that will jump start some of the other the others you know maybe that are moving a little slower is what i'm saying and i don't i don't know what his numbers are so i can't comment but i, I could see timeless in particular really needing that little sh- that little shot right now yeah i'd be curious to see sure. um what you know what he really does next you know i mean Granted, I think right now it's just, you know, getting the company started, getting it all back out there, you know, building the traffic back up. You know, like I said before, it's it's a new company, but the brand names people know. It's more, I think, just, you know, reestablishing, you know. And and to be honest, there's retailers I know who didn't want to do business with Nat Sherman because of Altria. And as soon as Michael started Ferry Otago, they were back in. They carry Timeless now. So... I mean, yeah. it's it's also getting it back into retailers who who want the brands but didn't want to work with Altria, um, which has been great for them too. And you and I know one. You and I know one in yes. particular. And, yep. and this guy's credit. The day the day Michael started Ferriotego, this guy brought him right back in. So the day Altria bought, my, yeah. The day Altria bought Nat Sherman, he said, "I'm out, can't do it." And then when Michael said, "I'm doing it," I'm back in. I'm back in. Yep. It was that simple. Uh, and I don't want to, I don't know, this person might have said it, and I don't want to say it because I'm not sure if it was public, but. Yeah, 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 um, I get it. But, you know, this person had legitimate reasons. It wasn't that he just, oh, I hated Ultra for the sake of being hating Ultra. He had business reasons why he didn't want to do with Ultra. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Very, so, very smart um, reasons, too. I mean, I can't blame Smart him. reasons, good reasons. So, 
And it was never about like I don't think it was never about Michael personally, which was the best part about that. No. Yeah, and you know, and I think that just goes to show, you know, that even though yeah. at one point, you know, that retailer couldn't do business with them because of that reason, but the second that that entity wasn't involved anymore, it was like, well, I can jump back in because, excuse me, I know you and I know those brands, you know, I, you know, and you know, I care, I want to obviously support you because we care about you and we want to give you the business, you know, it's very easy to jump back in, you know, um, and I think that's great. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm sure I, that's the only one that I really know the whole story with. I, I'm I'm willing to bet that there's probably others. several more in that same situation. Yeah, yeah, and then there's several who did stick it out with Altria because of Michael because they had that much trust in him. Right. That they said, all right, we're going to keep this going because we really like you. And, you know, I think they were rewarded – you know, obviously, when you know when they came back, not reward. You know, I, I'm just saying it, it was easier for them to bring those in because they stuck with them through and through. You know, so which is good. Well, we're also seeing that it's three-two Vegas right now in the third period. Ooh, uh, Florida. Yep. This, in the Stanley Cup Championship. I know. The Magic City people are getting, like, a little excited. Oh, maybe we can even this out. Where's Willie Moran? Well, you know, hockey's well, get... uh, It's the refs. It's the refs. Yeah. They're not winning right now it's because the ref. of the refs. Yeah, I know. The refs The refs block the puck from going in the net. <laughs> the refs. <laughs> it's the refs. <laughs> Jay Davis. Fuente closed its doors for 12 years and then restarted their company in the 1950s. Also true. Kyogi Kyogi disappears and comes back. Go <laughs> figure that. Huh? Kyogi cigars. Yeah. You see that thing from post. Guy disappears, vanishes, right? And now he's back in the business. Go figure that. I mean, van- no one can find this guy. Uh, so, and now he's now it's like now he's just a claim. I, I read that press release. I almost I love Mike, but I almost left at that press release. This guy's like a claim blender. Come on. <laughs> just, just stop. <laughs> Guy disappeared. Guy vanished. Uh, and then I didn't even know he was back with another distribution company. Like, so it was new. Then he rejoined. Like Mike used to have my Postani. Then the guy disappears. And then I was told he was back with another distribution company, which I didn't really even realize it. And then it, Mike got him back again. So I don't know what happened there. But anyone could come. I mean, <laughs> I mean the guy looked back. You could just vanish. Like vanish. The guy just vanishes. Um, I don't know how you just vanish, you know. You know, I understand personal things could happen, right? But hey, if something personal happens, it takes five minutes to put an Instagram post up saying we got to just put things on hiatus. We're having some issues, and be done. And people understand that, but to yeah. just disappear is bad. And I see a lot of small companies do that in this business, and I think it's bad. Um, you you remember um, Baracoa with Danny Vasquez? Uh, he he leaves, comes back, and then disappears again. Yeah, so. there's definitely been there's definitely been a a small group of people yeah. who have disappeared, resurfaced, and then a lot of times even disappear again. Uh, there's small companies who have done it right, saying, "Look, we we've had to put things on hold, and uh, or we're shutting down, and uh, you know, we just saw Mambacho. At least they came out and they said, "Hey, we're ending this. You know, it's ending." Like they could have just quietly transitioned to Drivers New Company. They didn't do that. They made a statement saying they're shutting down on that, and I give a company yeah. credit for being transparent like that. Yeah. Uh, not to really pivot on the subject, but I, I, I wanted to bring up something that I thought was interesting. We, we talked a little bit about this on our show 
with the boys from How About That Cigar on our regular Smoke a Tobacco show. Um, it, as you know, it's 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 PCA time. It's it's pregame season. Um, we are um, getting tons of announcements of stuff coming to PCA, and one that I thought was interesting. And Coop, I really want to get your opinion on this because we haven't really talked about it. Um, uh huh. The latest celebrity cigar has been announced, and it's an interesting one. And that is Chad yeah. Palminteri to release a Bronx uh-huh. Tale Cigars with Epic Cigars. Dean Parsons. Yeah. What are your thoughts um, on that one? You know, I said this this morning on KMA. The bar has been set with Guy Fieri now on how to do this. Yep. Everything's in a pale towel because look at what Guy's done, right? So on a surface, I like Chaz Palmateri. I like the fact he's getting involved in the cigar industry. I love the fact he's working with Dean Parsons. I think Dean is one of the best guys, uh, one of the best guys in the business. Uh, he makes some fantastic cigars. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't. But it's a twenty dollars cigar they're coming out with. So I don't know what is their plan with this. Is my question is they gonna just are they gonna just maybe do a quick hit on Chaz's Chaz's name and be done with it, or are they really looking to say? Chaz is going to have some sort of involvement deeper. Because ultimately, if he's not going to be involved with this deeper, um, it's going to be a very short-lived project that's going to happen. But, you know, I always like the fact that someone from a, you know, a, a mainstream celebrity gets involved with the industry and all that. I think all the right people are working on this, but uh, it's still a $20 cigar also, to keep in mind. And so, Chaz is going to be at the show for the first two days. Yes, Chaz, uh, that boost is probably going to be busy. Uh, good for Chaz for going to the show, by the way. Uh, it's a, uh, We were talking about this with Scott Pierce the other night. It's very good when you have uh, a Chaz Palmateri in there. And I think he's one of the guy. You know, I think he's he's older, by the way. He's much old. He, he's, I think he's about 70, so he's not a young guy. Um, you know, I, I know, like I said, you know, I have I know Armand Asante. I've yep. interviewed him. But, you know, I love Armand, but Armand, the death hasn't, did. you know, he kind of came in and left. Um didn't really stick with it, so um, didn't have good distribution. Now, Dean's got good distribution through Xander Gregg, so mm-hmm. he's got a strong – one thing that Chaz has going for him is Xander Gregg has got a, a, a strong distribution network. And I think Dean sold the company was probably a smart move by Dean because he's now – he still maintains control of his brand. He's got a good distribution arm. He works for the distribution arm. So I think, but ultimately, if Chaz is not kind of doing a road tour with this, I don't think this is going to be a, a very long lived project, unfortunately. And that's just reality. Is some other people competing with right now? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with, um, you know, um, Guy uh, Guy Fieri being the the kind of the bar. I mean, he, what he's done he, and the success that Espinosa has been able to have with the, the best sandwich best line. success story. Yeah. Best, best success one. story ever in the industry as a celebrity. You know, it's funny, Matt. Uh, I think Ortiz. Did, I think Ortiz did good, but I think I think Guy passed, lapped him. I got to be honest with you. I was just gonna say Matt had actually brought up, and it's, it, I I agreed to. You know, the big poppy line with David Ortiz has been still pretty successful. They've expanded on it. They've done firecrackers yeah. with two guys. They yeah. they've done some things with it. It's been it's been good. I don't think it's it definitely hasn't blown up the way the knuckle sandwich has, but when you compare it to all the other celebrity collabs, it's uh, way ahead of most of them. Um, you know, it's it's yeah, it's, it's in the it's in the it's, I would consider it successful. I mean, what yeah. have, do you remember the Carl Malone? Um, 
the Ray Lewis cigar, the Jeremy Piven yeah. cigar that like that didn't uh, even get any buzz. I'll give you, Jeremy Piven didn't didn't want to be involved with it. I mean, it was like it is. He wanted his name on a cigar, and that was it. I'll give you a guy who actually I think did a. I'm not saying he did a great job, but he did a decent job. Was Gary Sheffield, uh, but that cigar was launched over ten years ago. Uh, but Gary did do some events. He did some road tours. He was at a great smoke. Um, he even let me interview him on an iPad at IPCBR. Um, super nice. By the way, super nice guy, Gary Sheffield. I love him. He actually remembered I interviewed him and everything. It was really nice. Um, and he had the cigars. He used to bring the cigars on TV for his post-game show. So, I mean, yep. but it wasn't the same involvement. Again, it wasn't what – nothing's coming close to what Guy Fieri has done. Um, it is is revolutionized how you bring a celebrity into this industry, and the, and the shocking thing, Matt, is I'm shocked that. Well, I should say Abe said it's not shocking, but you would think that someone else would try to follow that blueprint. But as Abe pointed out, it's not easy to get people to follow that blueprint. You know, you're dealing with celebrities here, so I understand it. You know, but Eric think, was able, Eric Eric and Hector were able to do it here. So I think the biggest difference between any of these things, and even not even to just categorize it into celebrity but successful brands is guy fieri he is genuinely interested and genuinely excited to be part of it and he promotes it in every way shape or form he can that's so whether he's a celebrity or not he like just the other day i sent you guys a message I walk it. I you know had a cigar with my dad, and I walk in, and my mom's sitting there watching Guy Fieri on the TV, and look at what shirt he's wearing, you know, you know, yeah. uh, it's 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 unlike anyone, even within the industry, is doing. He is reaching out and gaining an audience, or even putting in the effort more than even just some brand owners. It feels like sometimes, you know, he's yeah. he's engaging with media. He's engaging. Outside, he's engaging with fans of all, you know, all facets, and he's excited to be a part of it, even though he is such an immensely busy person. And, uh, yeah, he loves cigars, and he wants he wants it to be successful. You know, Mitchell, I didn't mention this to you when you sent that, but my mom, my 76-year-old mom, has tuned into one podcast of mine, and it was the KMA one with Guy Fieri. That's the only time she's ever exactly. tuned in. Oh, no, I'm lying. She tuned, But I told her about Armand. I had told her about the Armand one. So she did watch the Armand one. But the one she actually tuned into live was was the KMA one. So, uh, so, so yeah. So that, that's, that's, you know, you're like right. I that's said, the that's, reach. Kinda, that's the reach this guy has. Right, that's the reach the this reach guy has. And the genuine care and effort that he's putting into uh, just promoting it, right? And like I said, there's, you know... Uh, you were just saying about even some small brands. They release the cigar, you see an Instagram post, a Facebook post, and then you don't even see like a word about the cigar from this brand from this brand owner for like two months. And it's like, it's like guys, just like just tell like tell like you know share share a share a cigar that you know oh someone posted this cigar share it like do do more just do a little bit more. And he's doing much more than anyone has ever done. So, yeah. and he cares. And like I said, he genuinely yeah. seems excited about yeah. it. Yeah, he definitely is. He's, uh, you know, I got a chance to meet him uh, last summer. I didn't understand what all the hubbub was about him. Like, eh, you know, 
puts on his pants like I do, right? But um, I get it. I mean, he guys touches people in such a way that I don't mean physically, but you know, kind of connects with people. <laughs> good save. Yeah. Good save. He good touches save, people. Yeah. Good save, Goop. He's a diddler. No, but <laughs> no, but but he he connects with people in a way um, that like you Bear uses this expression, like you've known him for five years. Like when yep. you have a conversation with him, you feel like you've known this guy for five years. And Bear says that a lot about Manuel Casada, and he's right. That's why Manuel's got such a connection with people. But Guy is the same way. Um, you feel like you you've know known this guy for five. I think the most important thing out of all of this is that Guy Fieri doesn't like eggs, just like you. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, <laughs> by the way, I didn't know that story because I didn't really know much about Guy Fieri. And Bear set me up when we met him about this. Bear had this whole thing planned out, right? Uh, and uh, I was just like, I get, and we ended up hugging each other. It was kind of funny. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, we're kindred spirits, you know? It's still weird. It's funny watching his shows, and he goes to a breakfast place, and he straight up just like half the time won't even touch the eggs. <laughs> like Good man. Eggs. Eggs Good man. Like, it's like a core food group. I mean, and it's used for so oh. many things. I mean, obviously, you went for French toast over cheesecake at uh, you know, for it. So I get it. I get it. First of all, it wasn't French toast. It was Cinnabon. All right. And but I, you had French toast. You had French toast at, at the uh, at the um, junior. At the and restaurant. Junior, did you not? Yeah, you ordered French toast did and I? you opted to get a Cinnabon. Oh, yeah, maybe I did. I don't know. It's funny. But, you but remember listen, gonna, more about what get... I eat at restaurants on my vacations than I do. L l listen, uh, Matt, I'm gonna, I, I picked on Matt about this. He took it like a, like a true professional. And then when everyone else picked on him, he realized he was the error of his ways. And uh, we will be getting Matt a junior cheesecake, I can assure you, at some point. So, uh, it's, you, know why, you, know, want Matt... you know why it's okay? Yeah. I'll let you finish your thing. But I just want to say the reason why is because I know – First of all, how many times have I gotten on your case about Gabe Kapler, Matt LaFleur, and I know that eventually you're going to fuck up again, and I'm just going to have something on you, and it's just the round and round we go. So it's like, <laughs> uh, I take the loss now, but then I get one later, you know, and, you know, and that's how the I forget how I, com I forget how I commented. Did I say, hey, how is the cheesecake? And you gave me a, what cheesecake? And like, then like, I tell him, and, oh, you know, how am I supposed to know? But and then Barry gets involved. Like, now, when Barry and I agree, you know, you know, Barry and I don't agree a lot, but Barry and I are on the same page. Uh, you know, we're right. <laughs> yeah, guys all who uh, lived in New York. I, I grew up in Boston. We don't have that here. How am I supposed to know? Well, well, I'll even give you something. In fairness, Matt, Barry and I are Brooklyn, and Junior's actually is, actually started in Brooklyn. So. Uh, yeah, um, see? And then you guys are like, oh, I don't know. Because like, I grew up in Boston, not Brooklyn. <laughs> Why would I know? It's become, fam <laughs> it's become famous. <laughs> in a, oh, yeah. To be I mean, fair, in the picture, honestly, I think. I, honestly, I will say this: If you go back there, or if you get it, I guarantee you, you will you will say, "Wow, I understand why this is the best cheesecake in, in the world." I mean, honestly, because I'm not. Some cheesecakes are just average. Okay, theirs is theirs is a theirs is next level. Is what I'm just gonna say. I think yeah. on the placemat it even says uh, "world's famous cheesecake." <laughs> I knew yeah. that they had I had cheesecake there, but I just didn't think like it was that big of, big of a deal. Yeah, I was would, like, "All right, whatever." There was a big uh, bet in the Stanley Cup playoffs. This is going back to the 90s between Mayor Giuliani of, of, of New York and Ed Rendell of Philadelphia. And they bet, um, I believe they bet 
Junior's, I know Mayor Rend, uh, Giuliani bet that you know, if the Flyers win, he'll send Junior's cheesecake. And Rendell, I'm pretty sure it was one of the cheesesteak places. I don't remember what it was. Uh, and um, the Flyers won the series. And and I happened to be at the broadcast when the Junior's cheesecake was sent because they were doing a live remote uh, at the Philly station that that week. And uh, they sent they gave us all pieces of cheesecake in the crowd and everything. But Giuliani had sent the cheesecake that day there, which was really cool. Paying off his bet, so. Uh, Alan Rubin said the yeah, best cheesecake is at Bobby Flay's Amalfi at Caesar's Palace. It's not. It's not Junior's. I don't know. I shouldn't say that. I haven't had it, right? But I haven't had it. You, but... You're not getting. You're not getting this is New York. This is New York cheesecake, Alan. We're not getting. You're not getting New York cheesecake in Vegas. You get. I'm sorry. You're just not. I mean, me, it reminds never, me of that never... episode of Entourage when, uh, I think it was like the first season, because uh, you remember. For those who hadn't seen Entourage, the, the four main characters grew up in Queens. So they're New York, Queens guys. Yep. Now they're in Los Angeles. And I just remember them all complaining that they didn't have H&H bagels and what is it? The, the, yeah. the, the, the Don Pepe's um, pizza, the white clam pizza yeah. or whatever. And they were bitching about it. And Frank Pepe. Or Frank Pepe, yeah. And um, then the like Turtle like orders them. Uh, like a bunch of H and H bagels, and or no, he first he started with he 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 got them like California Pizza Kitchen. And he got some other bagels, and they were like, "This this isn't New York. What is this?" And he's like, "Really, it's a bagel." And I just remember drama being like, "No, it's not the same." He's like, "The Jews in New York import the water from Fairfax for the, the whole thing." <laughs> Uh, and I, then I in the end, say, they get the H and H bagels, and they're all excited. <laughs> I will say, South Florida, Brooklyn water bagels is the closest I've had to New York. I took Ben there, and Ben was like, "These were." And Ben has had New York bagels, and he agreed with me. This was the closest thing he ever had to a New York bagel. Was in, they have a place called Brooklyn Water Bagel? They're in the Palm Beach, Broward County area. Um, incredible. They're, 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 and I think they import the water. I actually think that's what they do. Or they filter it just the same. I remember hearing that. I'm like, is that true? And then, and then I remember like just being in discussion. People were like, no, like they they take bagels seriously in New York. They and I'm like, I. They do. Uh, they they do. really do. Uh, you know, you you uh, we used to go to Uncle Bobby's Bagels in Brooklyn. That was the place we went to, and you, we drive over the bridge from Staten Island. We moved there, and you'd have to get there. You get there five thirty in the morning when they were fresh and hot, and that was. Uh, they would make their own cream cheese on premises. Uh, you get some of the fresh locks, uh, smoked salmon, and you know. But yeah, they the ba- bagel places were very. I still think the small mom and pop bagel places are still the best bagel places in New York. The the big chains just haven't done it. They 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 can't they can't compete with those mom and pops. Isn't H and H bagels where Kramer worked too? Yeah, I think cheesecake. I don't Was know. H&H? It, it, some of it. There are some cheesecakes that don't have eggs in it. I know that for a fact. My wife. What's makes your it. What's your favorite bagel toppings? Uh for me, it's it's smoked salmon. All the way, and yeah, uh, I was gonna say. yeah smoked salmon. Uh, Just the smoked salmon, or, or with the cream cheese? No, with the cream cheese, some smoked okay. salmon, some onions in there, capers. Uh, and a slice of t- capers. The capers are key, yeah. Uh, white fish is really good on a bagel too. The white fish is really good on it. I don't like my, white fish. My dad does some homemade gravlocks, and we'll we'll get some some bagels and some nice cream cheese, and oh man, nothing. See now, Vancouver or British Columbia locks. Now you guys have the British Columbia lock. Like a lot of locks yeah. in New York comes from Nova Scotia. That's where they tend to get most of the mm. locks uh, flowing. But I, I imagine you guys have that British Columbia locks out there. 
Yeah, dude, that our is, salmon is... Bagel. Kevin, there is say, a bagel oh. place. I've heard, there is a pretty authentic bagel place in, in Vegas. I forget the name of it. Oh, Kevin will there. know. It's, Kevin oh. will know. Yeah. Jay Davis, he knows. I didn't get a chance to have bagel. When Jay was in New York with me, I didn't get a chance to take him for bagels. I would have loved to have done that. But you know Victoria yeah. from uh, you know Victoria from STG. Yeah. So she organized that we went to the farms up in Connecticut, and we all met in New York, like because everyone flew into New York and stayed in New York the first night, and then she arranged to get these uh, what's called Esther bagels, which are really good, uh, for all of us. Like took custom orders for us, like if you you know whatever you wanted on your bagel. Really. And I think I just I was with Ben. Like back then, and Ben was just like, "Oh man, like like when you had when these bagels were were next level bagels that we had." And Victoria, like I said, she took care of everybody on that trip. I didn't get locks on. I didn't. Get, I I wasn't gonna be bold up to order a locks bagel. That wasn't, you know, that wouldn't have been right. But I, but I'm just telling you, I I ate the bagel with just cream cheese, and it was fantastic. Kevin said it's bagel mania. That's it. Yep. Yep. I think yeah. You know what? I, I don't off the strip. I remember last year at the trade show, uh, Matt had a bunch of uh, bagels and cream cheese in the back of his booth where the stripper pole was, and uh, I remember I went back there with him, and he's like, "You want to eat something?" And I was like, "What do you got?" And he just had this like big tub of cream cheese. He had bagels. I'm like, "Oh yeah," <laughs> and they were good. Well, was that when you did that? Did that de-stress you at that point? Was that when you were kind of having the meltdown? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Matt came, Matt came, I, I, Matt came out back, and he was Matt. like, "You want a bagel?" <laughs> like, yeah, I do. <laughs> I never saw Matt Tobacco as completely unraveled. Believe me, like, like and, and I knew he was just having a bad day, and it was like, and and uh, I was goes, looking down the, the I was back, looking, he, and, and and he's like on the floor, right? You were on the floor doing something, and there's a stripper pole, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just, you you were dealing with an equipment issue, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was also when Nicole was sick, so. You know, now I'm like, yeah. I'm 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 two days into the trade show. I'm down to myself. Um, yeah. And I'm like, I gotta cover this trade show by myself. I'm like, oh, oh man. Uh, and it was and it then, was panic. Uh, yeah. And then so I so the Matt comes back. We're eating bagels, and then he disappears. And just as I'm like almost ready to wrap up, but I'm I'm still like stressed out. And he, he that's when he came back in the frenzy. And he's like, I gotta hide all the cigars. And I'm like. What? He's like, I need you to help me. I'm like, what do you need? He's like, I need you to hide all the cigars under the table. And I'm like, uh, okay. I'm like, Are you getting an inspection? He goes, I think so. And then he left. And I'm like, and he pops back. He's like, just, he's like, pull everyone's shit out. Just, I don't care. I don't just, just dump the boxes out. Just dump them under yeah. the table and 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 put everyone's shit on top of it. I'm like, all right. And then he came back like two minutes later. He had all the he had all the gin and all. He's like, just hide all this too. And I'm like. I'm trying to put on my own fire right now, but I'm like. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, uh, Matt Booster never offered me a bagel. By the way, I just want to be on the record. With, I was at the booth. And never was offered a bagel from Matt Booster. Never was offered a cup of coffee from Justin. I mean. Uh, well, you know, I guess you, you just you know on that level. I'm not, with those guys. I'm not, I, I mean, listen, I'm like, uh, you know, um, I, anyway, I'm kidding. On that, uh, because those guys are awesome to me. Yeah, Justin and I. we kid Justin a lot, but they're awesome. They're awesome people. So, uh, uh, a Bagels, that's the place. Yeah, and yeah. How do we get yeah, on right by the convention tonight? center? Yep, it's right by the convention center, Kevin. That's where we because we were staying out a little east of the convention center. That's where we went. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always, you know, and that's the thing about the trade show. There's. 
there's there's alcohol to drink, there's food to eat, and th- th- there's I mean outside of you know, th- there's there's other things to consume on that trade show floor if you know where to look. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's gonna be a, a there's gonna be a new road trip this week. This when I go out to Vegas. Uh, Jay kind of reminded me of a place called Wiener Schnitzel on his recent travels. Okay. Uh, which is a West Coast hot dog chain. Um, I'm not gonna say they're the best hot dogs in the world, but it's kind of one of those crack things. That, you know, uh, and there are Wiener Schnitzels in Vegas. So, uh, I'm going to be out there a couple of days early and I will definitely be making a Wiener Schnitzel run this year. Uh, Jay, you're welcome to come with me. Uh, oh, even better. Barb could get Kevin and Barb to bring no, oh. or whatever they could bring. Oh, oh man. I'm already excited. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's right. I, you want, I, I have people we, on the ground over wanna, there. If you guys, if you guys, <laughs> if you guys want to come out to the media compound in the more, like we're actually going to be a little far from them, unfortunately, but, uh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're not, we're staying, uh, we're staying south of the, uh, strip this year so it's a little a little more difficult kevin i wanted everything hey, bagel. Jay, you're definitely... i wanted everything bagel cream cheese and locks um toasted obviously um so we'll, we'll make it happen you don't you don't want it toasted if the bagels are still warm and that's always a key thing when you go to a bagel shop right mm. so i would say if and they'll tell you hey the bagels have been sitting there for a couple hours they're probably not but if they're hot you don't want to get it toasted because that's when they're the best that's true. Kind of come that's right true. In there. Yeah. Good point. Good yeah. point. But, Good but, point. But if they're there for a couple hours, I, I toast them. It's great. Um, and I usually say lightly toasted is what I'll tell them to do at that point. So you can still get that softness in the middle. Yeah. 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 So, so Coop, you're, I assume um, Jay Davis, don't forget the onions and tomatoes. All right. I would do onions and tomatoes. Capers, I'm out. I, I, I'm not a big fan of capers. I just, I, I just don't love them. But they're not you know, for everybody. The, the onions and tomatoes, look, look, I do. I, I would do that. Oh, the on- Bermuda on- you get some Bermuda onion on it. Oh, I would do that. Uh, yeah, you know, when we were up in New York, I tell you what, my kids hadn't had bagels for years. And uh, there was a place called Bagel Oasis we took them to. And, uh, oh, they were just like, they just realized how much they missed New York. So. I forget what I was going to ask you. Because we got way I'm sorry, topic. I interrupted you. No, it's okay. No, no, that's okay. There's, there's yeah, no interrupting yeah. on this show. It's just, yeah. it's an open floor plan. William Cooper, Las Vegas, home of the twenty dollars waffle. Yeah, we're well, gonna eat so much. I don't, food I don't, I, I, I don't eat. I, well, Las, well, Las Vegas is home of the forty dollars waffle. Now. Yeah, forty. I ordered a forty dollars one. Yeah, but, you know, you added uh, room service and tip. And tax. Dirt dog, <laughs> I'm there, Kevin. I'm um, there dirt dog, man. What was I gonna say? Yeah, so uh, Coop, I, I imagine that eggs Benedict for you would be a nightmare. Uh, it's not even an option. So bear. So funny story. Okay. Uh, and if I if I'm digressing, just stop me, okay? So bear, you know, bear's got a heart of gold, right? Oh so yeah. So he he says to everybody, "Hey guys, I want to take you guys for breakfast at Paris, right?" And he's talking about this breakfast, oh, right? Here we go. And I'm like, bear, here we go. I'm like bear. We get I'm ready like, to bear, defend. I appreciate it, but I don't really like breakfast food, you know. There's not much for me to do that. I take the other guys. He's like, no, yeah, they have bagels and locks. You got to come, right? And I'm like, beautiful. So I order the bagels and locks. And how do you think they serve the bagels and locks? With chopped hard-boiled egg on it. You must have panicked. <laughs> and now uh, I want to make a beat. Yeah, it was. And Bear, and look, Bear felt horrible. 
And I'm like, Bear, don't send it back or anything. I just kind of ate around it. That's what I did. Because I, I didn't want to send it back, right? And, and I'm like, no, don't do it. Please don't do it. He felt horrible. I'm like, Bear, it's not your fault. You didn't know the way. I know you, do. I know you didn't know the way. <laughs> but they gave me, I never had it with chopped. I never had a bagel like that with chopped eggs before. They, that's what they had on there. I mean, I'd probably love that, but yeah. You guys would probably love it. I mean, the box was great. The bagel was pretty good. I'll give them that. But yeah, those eggs just kind of killed it for me. It we're sounds, going, we're going it sounds good, morning. but it's very, it's very untraditional. Like I've never heard of ordering bagels and locks and an egg coming on it. Like that's no, that, I like, would never no have way. known that either. No. It didn't even say it on the menu. In fairness, okay, it didn't even say it on the menu. Yeah, that's um, and that's why I said uh, Bear, it's not your fault. If Bear was like, you know, he wanted to take, he treated everyone to this. That well, you don't have to treat everyone as Bear. It's a French and restaurant. Like, Maybe know. it's a French thing. Maybe I, I, I don't, I don't, look, I don't think so, man. Look, I gotta say the the coffee was fantastic there. Uh, they had some croissants that were really good. So Bear did a good job on that. But yeah, like, dude, the crepes <laughs> there are amazing. I love the crepes there. Yeah, and then crepes. one year when the fire happened, the year the fire happened, uh, and we had to go to the show late. Um, Aaron's like, hey, let's all go to breakfast, right? And I was doing a KMA radio spot that morning, right? So I said, hey, go find some place. Uh, and where do they go? They go to the egg and I, or they go to some place called the egg and I. I get in there like fuck, it's all eggs, right? <laughs> they had burgers, right? And the burgers were freaking good. The burger was really good, and there was no egg on it either. So I was like, everyone else is eating right. eggs. I'm eating this burger at like nine in the morning. So I mean, so I guess you wouldn't want to go to Egg Slot. Absolutely egg. not. There's a place called Egg Slot. Mitchell, not, Mitchell yeah. have you heard of that? We'll go. We'll go. We'll go we'll yes, we're going to Wiener Schnitzel. I can tell you that. Or Bad Dog. Bad Dog. Oh. Wiener schnitzel uh, sounds good, man. I love, well, I love a good dog, man. And we know I love that, a good Wiener. And we, and we know Coop's gonna go to In and Out because he has to go there at least twice while he's in town. I don't think <laughs> I've ever been to In and Out. You've we'll never been In and Out? No. Uh, Coop's gonna make me make that happen for you. Yeah, we got to do. There's a lot of like oh, those American it. chains I've never been to. Mitch, are you staying in like a day after, like you did last year? I was trying I to, but uh, uh, I, I'll just say because I'm, I'm doing the same thing again this year. This year. Oh, because we had a good I'm time. Not, there. I got it. Was with Mitch and his dad. Yeah. You guys are like waiting to see yeah, who I, goes next. <laughs> no, I, you go. I, I'm not. I got to. I got to. Uh, I'm the next. I, because uh, the next week I'm going back down to Seattle to watch the Jays versus the Mariners. So I had to cut this short, this trip short, so I could add time yeah. to. To go see the Jays, yeah. so with my dad, so. Oh, good. That's but, good. That's uh, great. You've been to that stadium. That's one of the best stadiums I ever went to, by the way. Yeah, I'm really excited. I went there in 2000, so that would be probably cool. in diapers. You were young. Yeah. <laughs> you guys were. You guys were. You guys were younger than back then. I wasn't in diapers. Yeah. I was, I was, no, mar- that, that was... I was married. With, I was married with my fourth kid on the way when I went. So. <laughs> Me and Mitchell was, were like seven time, or eight though. years old when that happened. We weren't that young. How, how young do you think we are? <laughs> you're both, uh, Mitch, Coops, are you, are you over thirty? Are you over? Th- are you over thirty? I'll, I'll, I'm thirty. I'll be over thirty in a couple months. Okay, so you are uh, the same age as my daughter. Ninety-two. Uh, you were born in. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. So you're the same age as my daughter. Yeah. And Matt, mm-hmm. you're younger than you're you're younger than my daughter. I think you're older than my oldest son. Do you know how old I am? I know. I know. It's been you're gonna you're gonna be thirty, aren't you? Gonna be thirty this year? Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I figured. Yeah. So you're ninety. Yeah. My daughter was born in ninety two. I'm ninety three. She has the same birthday as Michael Jordan, actually. Oh. Oh wow. It's a good birthday. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Timmy, my oldest son, same birthday as Larry Bird. <laughs> um, yep, December 7th. And uh, my youngest son, Stephen, October 20th, he has got uh, Mickey Mantle's birthday. Wow, look at that. P- Peter, my other son, I don't think has a famous athlete with it uh, that I can remember. But, yeah, there's a uh... empty net. Minute 20 left. Three to two Vegas. It's now or never. What a, what, by the way, what a, great, what a great story Vegas has been. I mean, they've been the best team in the playoffs by far this year. I told I, Kevin, uh, I go, been... championship parade down Las Vegas Boulevard. Epic. Epic. It will be, you know what, and uh, they've supported that team in Vegas uh from the beginning, even when they had a couple of down parts, they haven't been terrible. But you know that that city stuck with that team. Uh, they're good. They they're, they did a really good job uh, welcoming that sport. That was the first big professional sports franchise to go there. Yeah. Yeah, and you know it's been a success. You know the Raiders. I mean, we'll see if they can they can put some good some good team on the field. Uh, I but, I. Uh, I you know now Tom Brady's uh, Tom Brady owns the team, you know, part of the team now. And yeah, they got they got some. Um, which Patriots I think, and there. I bet he's going to be more involved. I think he'll be more involved than people think. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say he'll be making football decisions or business, but I think he'll have input into the direction of the franchise. I don't think he bought it just to sit back and be a silent owner. I agree. I yep. agree. I you know I I hope that they they do something good, and you know with the A's, you know I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it'll be better when uh, they move. I, I don't see them making Tom Brady the GM at all. I don't see him wanting to be, but maybe a, a executive vice, you know, president, something where he's got some input into the direction of the team. I think even just having his name around and giving that moral support to the team, like, you know, if he shows up to some practices, he's there, yep. you know, working with people. I think that really inspires a lot of sports athletes. Like, you know, you, you think of like these like towns that have these dynasties and it's like the players go there expecting to be at the level of this dynasty. Now they have someone who's, you know, considered one of the greatest of all time and he's a part of this. Right. And, and so now that pressure is almost just automatically put on you to become part of that. Yeah. Uh, he is not going to be doing the TV anytime soon, from what I understand. I oh, thought he was going to start in 24, 25. Is he pushing yeah. it off now? I don't know, but I think it, I heard it was pushed off, but I don't think it's been ruled out. Hmm. Um, but I think I, I think there is some rule that he can't do the TV. He shouldn't be doing the TV oh, either. Yeah, or he better not. I mean, it's bad enough we have Tony Romo doing Cowboy games and rooting for the Cowboys, right? So, oh my God! Shut up, Tony Romo. Well, someone I'm needs not, to just. Slap I mean, him come on. I mean, I mean, seriously, he doesn't need to be doing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, uh, you know, one thing about Madden is when he was doing Raiders games, he never rooted for the Raiders. And it's never. like the he, same he, with NASCAR. Always... They got, they got Jeff Gordon who is a major part of Hendrick Motorsports and he's doing color commentary at NASCAR races and he's just he's unbearable to listen to it's just like shut up Jeff Gordon uh, god this is the most ridiculous crap be like oh there's a caution here you know these guys are coming in for tires it's like yeah no shit like 
Yeah. <laughs> like he said, like he's uh, like Captain I, Obvious. I used, like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> the, the, greatest, the greatest NASCAR announcer of all time was Benny Parsons. I mean, Benny was just larger than life. You know, people would go out and give him free food. It was kind of his joke. And yeah. Benny Parsons, there was no one who called a NASCAR race better than, than Benny Parsons. And DW uh, was pretty good. One of the great. Oh, Darrell Waltrip? Yeah. Yeah, very good. He, I like Darrell. My dad and I, my dad liked Darrell a lot too. Doing uh, races, he was a big, uh, he was a big Daryl guy. He's a Daryl. He liked Bobby Unser too, who was doing IndyCar. Yeah, yeah. I um, I'm just checking this. It looks like we got 18 seconds left to go. Looks like Vegas is gonna go three one. Wow, boy. It... Wow. Twenty. Yeah. 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 And it's it's three one Denver, right? In the other game. In the other series? It's 3-1 Denver. Boy, yeah, by the way, just a comment on that Denver-Miami. Who did the TV schedule? Why are there no Denver-Miami games on over the weekend? I, I know they have travel days and all, but they could have structured the schedule to get a weekend game in. I know. That, that's that's ridiculous. Bad, bad job by uh, ABC on that. I'm going to say that. Any NBA. I'm gonna game over. 3-2 final. Vegas 3-1. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Vegas Dang. is winning. Vegas is winning this year. Well, you never know. Hopefully. The refs. You never uh, know. Maybe the refs. Uh, you never know in the Stanley Cup. I, uh, you never know. It's not over till it's wait, over. Wait, what a what what a what a great run by the Florida Panthers. Uh, you can't take anything away from them. Uh, they've beaten some great teams along the way to get there. I mean, they beat that Boston team, which was a ver- an unbelievable team. And we'll be back, by the way, that Boston team. Oh yeah. So they may not have set a record for points, but um i think they're going to be better built you know you see sometimes these teams the second year they're better built for the playoffs like florida was this year yeah i think they'll be back um you know hopefully right um i have to say that i mean i want to say that you know i should say um but yeah i mean it was definitely a surprise um to see florida beat them in the first round that was definitely a surprise yeah there it is official 3-1 vegas wow now, this goes back to Vegas, right? So they could win this at home. Yeah. Because now it's game five. Raids so, in the streets. Yeah. Oh, man. Kevin. Happy. Kevin, yeah, what, I mean, Kevin, you guys have to figure out what your thing is going to be in Vegas because you guys have never done this before. You have to figure out, you know, they, they, they get the pots and pans in Miami and all that ruckus. Uh, Philadelphia, yeah. they climb all the poles. You know, what's the Vegas thing yeah. going to be? You know, what's. I, I've been to one championship parade. And it's probably a team you would not, no one ever heard of, but it was a big deal. Uh, when South Carolina won the College World Series, my daughter was a freshman there, and we went down for the parade, uh, and it was a big deal down there. By the way, uh, well, there was several hundred thousand people in Columbia for that, so um, that was a great, that was great when that happened. <laughs> so Kevin and Barbara are saying, "Hell of a fight after time expires." Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> By the way, you know who's coaching the Vegas team, right? Bruce Cassidy. Guy, the guy was kicked in the curb by the Bruins. I know, and I, I and I, and I'm, I still like. I, I kind of want him to win because of that to show like I was like I I don't think that he really deserved that. I, I it was like they yeah. they held him responsible, but like, but then here he is. He's 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 about to win a Stanley Cup. With with yeah. Vegas, yeah, Monty did a great job. Monty did a great job for you guys. He's a good coach. Uh, he had some problems in Dallas that he had to get through. Personal yeah. demons he had to go, but uh, uh, yeah, I, and I was in da- I was in Dallas the night the Stars won the Stanley Cup in downtown Dallas. 
uh, in a hotel room in downtown Dallas on a Friday night uh, when they won it. And it was crazy. I could see people going out in the streets, partying, you know, cars, jumping on cars and stuff like that. And I'm sitting in my hotel watching this from above. Yeah, I was in, I was in, um, I was at Fenway for the 2013 World Series win when we actually won it at home. That was wild. Um, that was crazy. Uh, Boston's definitely another one. We don't get too rowdy here, but that's definitely a. I think every I mean, I think sometimes it's always oh it's that city. I think every city's had problems right away. Oh, it's not like um, Vancouver, right, you know, Mitchell? So... You guys lost to us in 2011. You guys almost burned the cities down. That was yeah. We did burn Mi- the city, man. Dude, we've never won Mi- anything. Mitchell, you I should don't... see <laughs> the Whitecaps. But... Mitchell, the Whitecaps when they won the soccer championship. Go watch the old video of that. There's like 600,000 people yeah. on the streets when, and that I was could a see big. That. Like, yeah, they had a that was big. Um, and obviously for Vancouver. Um, that, cause that was a very well-supported team, um, in soccer. Yeah. Not, it's yeah, not really, was, it, beat the much co- it broke my heart, broke anymore. my heart. That, that series. Cod, but, uh, Cod we also, we also have, uh, a great game of CFL <laughs> Canadian football league. What's that? We've got the BC lions. I like, I, what's that? I like got the BC football. lions. It's, uh, it's football, but played in Canada. <laughs> It's uh yeah it's, it's, it's different. A different it's slightly... I was being sarcastic, but yeah. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, uh, got, I've always enjoyed we, watching the team. Canadian teams. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Doug Flutie played there for a while. The problem, the problem with the CFL is it's one of two things. If there's even a slightly decent CFL player, the NFL takes them. And then if there's like old NFL players that don't get contracts in the NFL, they get sent to the CFL sometimes. And so you just have like people that can't make the NFL <laughs> stuck in the CFL, and uh, yeah. yeah, the season's super short. But we've had our, our our BC Lions have had some pretty good seasons. I think we've yeah. won it. I think they call it the the Grey Cup. I think that's what they call Grey it. Grey Cup. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. I think we've uh, won it a few times. But yeah, you've won. You guys have had a good. I mean, they're usually a very competitive team. Um mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, there was a guy who didn't make it. Really, didn't make it out of the NFL draft. And he went to play in Canada uh, by the name of Warren Moon, and then Warren mm. Moon came to the NFL and, and had a Hall of Fame career after that. So uh, there you go. Marv Marv Levy won some Grey Cups. I think Bud Grant won a couple of Grey Cups up there. Um. So you know, this uh, and like I said Doug Flutie was a great story, and then eventually he came back to the NFL too. What was I going to ask you guys? About? And we had we used to have an NBA team called the Grizzlies, but I don't think they won anything. Yeah, that did was they? A... Oh, that's right. No, I they, about them. they had they had bad they had really bad ownership was the problem, um, and the ownership was just and Still then the someone bought here. the team and and moved it to Me- uh, Memphis. Yeah, yeah. You guys had the Expos. Yeah. You, you guys came in the same year the Raptors. Yeah, yeah. I had a I had a Grizzlies jersey and a Grizzlies hat when I was a kid, but. Uh... Yeah, it was only around no, I think they, five they, years. They, yeah, they were around. They weren't around too long. Uh, they drafted uh, Brian Big Country Reeves out of Oklahoma. Oh yeah, then, got hurt. then he got hurt. Big Country, yeah. Then he got hurt. Um, but uh, yeah, the Grizzlies really didn't. They came in the same year as the Raptors. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah, you guys also had the Expos too. Which. Yeah, that was before my time. That's a shame. That was a shame that Montreal lost the Expos. They were supported. 
Um, and, uh, you know, they, then they had ownership problems too. They, uh, the old owners were really good. They were, they were, the, you know, growing up, our rivals in the NL East were the Expos as a Phillies fan. Every year, um, every year we would, I mean, they would, we were in first, the Expos were battling us for first every year. Uh, they knocked us out and they knocked us out in the playoffs during the strike year in 81 too. So, uh, and then they had the famous Expos team that had the best record and another strike happened. So, um, and long history in Montreal with baseball. Dodgers had that farm team there forever. So it's a, it's a good baseball town. I'd like to see it get, get baseball back there. Do you remember a couple of years ago they were saying they were toying with the idea that Tampa Bay was going to, like, play half their season in Montreal? Yep. Half yep. it in Tampa. That, that was a disaster for them, no. It, it, it sounded like a disaster, but I just I kind of wish it happened just so I could see it happen. <laughs> but. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, like I said, the Expos went to Washington, um, and it was, but by by that point they were having stadium problems, and you know the ownership didn't. I think it was funding for the stadium was the issue. So uh, yeah, I know that was a big part of it too. They were playing at Olympic Stadium. Um, they had cool logo. The Expos logo was so cool. Um, it was cool. That Expo. That's where Pedro yeah, came from. Uh, Pedro, I think, was was originally drafted absolutely. by the Montreal Expos. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's some great players who play played. Andre Dawson uh, played there for a long time. Didn't Vladimir uh, Guerrero play there too? I think so. I think he did. And Pete Rose played there one year. Yeah, that's right. After the Phillies, he he went to the Expos for one year, and then he went back to the Reds. That's right. Pete Rose was up there for one year. Yep. Yeah, it's a shame. Yep. Yeah. Well, it sounds to me like after the A's get relocated and then they figure out a new ballpark for Tampa. They have toyed with the idea of expanding two teams. Maybe Montreal gets the team back. And I don't know. What uh, I mean, I'm hearing Nashville. Teams. I'm hearing Nashville. I'm hearing Charlotte's been considered. I've heard Portland. Hmm. I don't know if they're going to go Canada or not. Um, but Canada's been toyed around. But the, those are the three cities I've heard. I, I don't think Charlotte's ready for a baseball team. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't think we have a downtown area that's really set up for it yet either. We don't have enough commerce uh, uh, downtown to make that happen. We don't. The hotel situation is decent. It's not great. They'd have, some things would have to happen. I just don't know if we would support 81 games in Charlotte either. Yeah. yeah it's a lot. It's a lot more games. I like. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to see you have major league baseball in Charlotte. I mean, um, but I I think uh, Nashville. Uh, may have the inner inner uh, may have the inner inner uh, track here. And there's a there's a story with the Phillies that Dave Dombrowski has an out of his contract if Nashville gets a team. That was oh, part really? of the deal when uh, yeah, he has an out. We know that. Um, and uh, he has that right to leave, get out of his contract if Nashville gets a team. Coop, did you still not get that mic fixed? I see you keep adjusting it. I remember you were saying it, it just that. it just went it just went again. It just uh, I have a new mic actually. I just didn't use it tonight. Oh really? So I was gonna say that sucks. Yeah, I just took the old one, but I took the old one by accident out of the cabinet. So yeah, yeah. Um, this one's all adjusted too. I was gonna say that there was there was a couple of cigar stuff that I I didn't get to. Um, um we got really off topic tonight. Was, Not that it was bad, but yeah. There no, was a, there were a few, there were a few, yeah, but there were some interesting releases this week. 
There was. There was some interesting stuff. First of all, um, Drew Estate announced that their latest mystery cigar is the H99 Papas Fritas, um, which I've heard very mixed I've heard mixed opinions on. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Um, they think, I don't know. I smoked I, it this morning. Came KMA. It was good. I thought it was good. It was a good cigar. It was, it was especially in that size. Yeah. I like that little size. I, I I knew it was a Papa's Fritas, right, for a couple of reasons. Uh, I actually pulled one apart. So I knew, and I saw the shape, and I pulled it apart. Right. Um, but, the, but I didn't think it was an H99 because I said, well, they don't have the wrapper. I'm like, it's probably Herrera Estelite is what I was thinking. Um. I heard, sorry, excuse me. I heard, I heard Herrera Esteli. Kevin actually thought it was gonna be an Undercrown. So I mean, I guess you're not too far off. Um, I was thinking Undercrown Sungrown maybe, but it didn't taste like Sumatra. Yeah, but, but they're they also getting rid- Sungrown. Yeah, they're discontinuing the Sungrown. Um, but it also sounds like, you know, when Nicole went to the Barn Smoker last year, um, and she went to the Connecticut one, um. She, I remember she came back and she was like, yeah, she's like, they were saying that, like, you know, it's going to be a, a big year for Liga. They have a lot of that wrapper. Um, and now we've seen them introduce several sizes in that H99. And remember. Uh, a 60. A 60. I know. Now, they got sizes in H99 that number 9 and T52 don't even have, which is very interesting. Um, but they also, like, they don't make the Corona Doble in the H99 that the other two have. Um, yep. so far, what, so the other ones have what? They have the, they have a Toro, they have a Robusto. Corona Doble. The Petit Torpedo. Corona, right? They get a Bellicoso. Uh, they get yeah. a Bellicoso. Corona Doble. Double Corona. Corona Doble. Uh, Churchill. Is it, no, it's not a League of Churchill. It's not a League of I don't Churchill. think there is. I think they just have that double Corona. Yeah, I, I like that they did the 60, uh, and they did, they just... Now there's this pig now floating around too, right? So there is a, there is a pig, and I I believe I heard it's it's going to be uh, at the barn smoker. You can I think you can only get it at the barn smoker. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be in the barn smoker pack or something like that. But they seem to really be running with H uh, ninety nine this year. Uh, I mean, yeah. remember two years no. ago that was a cigar that like you couldn't get, and now no, they could. They really expanded on that. Yeah, we had Willie Herrera on this morning KMA, and I asked him about like how ha- he's very. Ha- I mean, it's obvious he's very happy. He wanted to really get this is this was his baby. This project was a lot of his. You know, this was the legal Parada he created. Mm-hmm. You know, those other ones. You know, those came from Soccer and Malillo. Right. We could debate who did what, but but this this was Willie's baby. So I was really glad for him. Um, and I know I've talked to him about that that rapper and how excited he was about it. So, um, I was really glad. For, I was really glad to see that. He's a good guy, Willie, and uh, he did it. I'm not the biggest. You know what's funny? You're going to laugh at me. My favorite H99 size has been the Phineas Gage. Really? I have a review. Uh, Lancero, I think they knocked it out of the park with that. Okay. I told Willie that. I said, I'm, I want to try the Super Ancho, but I'm telling you that Phineas Gage was really. I, uh, when I went to the Barn Smoke last year, um, on, hooked, on and Joe Grow hooked me up with some of those. And uh, I'm like, this is legit. Um, really good. Um, it was actually you know who actually gave me the first one was Bob the cigar guy, and uh, Bob, you know Bob's a big Drew Estate guy, right? Mm-hmm. So he's gonna love everything. So you know, I take it, but he's like, come on, have one with me. So I smoke with him. I'm like, Bob, this is freaking good. I'm like, you ain't kidding. He's like, yeah. I'm like, he goes, you're not a Lancero guy. I'm like, no, but this is an excellent Lancero. 
I was going to say, so, it's so uh, weird to hear you say that because you don't like Lanceros. No, but I mean, I've given Lanceros Cigar of the Year. I know. And I number know. two cigar. But, but, but it's rare. I mean... Um, and I've never given a six by sixty number one cigar to you. Just as a, I, I had a five, I six by fifty eight get it, but not a six by sixty. Now the Super Ancho, the six by sixty, is that that's a that's also I, right now I believe that's that's a Drew Diplomat only. Is that an event only right now? Event only. It's the event only for this year. So right now the only H ninety nines that are really on full release, um, which I'm actually seeing them regularly now at retailers, are just the Toro and the Robusto. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have the Robusto review coming up, I think, and then right before PCA it will come out of the Robusto. So uh, I've reviewed the Toro. And I wasn't the biggest fan of the Toro. I'm going to be – I'll be honest with you. It got like an 88 or 89. Wasn't, you know, I know I know Dojo gave it Cigar of the Year, but it wasn't my cup of tea, I mean, that Toro. But, um, again, we talked about this at the beginning of the show. Size matters with a cigar with me. So. It does. It does, and you know, you know it's it, funny. It, it, I want to bring something up here. Um, this is actually a very good point. So recently, the McAuliffe Black was uh, is kind of soft released, right? Um, I know Two Guys has it, Smokin has it, but it's it's getting its like really full launch at the trade show. Um, I've yeah. already I've already smoked both sizes of it, and I've I've actually smoked a couple of the Toros. Um, I, Coop, you haven't smoked it yet, right? I have not smoked it yet. Okay. Um, I thought the Toro... I'm going to pick some up when I go to Florida, yeah. I thought the Toro was way better than the Robusto. Both were good cigars. I thought that... And in regards to just the Toro, when you're talking about the black, um, I've smoked a couple of them. Kevin smoked a couple of them. And uh, so far, the consensus on our team is we really enjoy it. And we think it's... Or at least I do. I don't know if Kevin – I think Kevin agrees with this, but um, it it might just be the best cigar McAuliffe has come out with so far. Um, when I think uh, about all the other cigars they have – not that the other cigars are not good, but just this one I probably enjoy the most and I'm probably the most excited about. Um, well, I think they've paid – I think they've really – they've been working on their tobacco. I mean, focusing on the, the getting tobacco, processing tobacco – and I think that was a big part. Of, I mean, this project, Dan had told me about for a while. I knew about this project, um, but I know they wanted to wait for the timing right, and I think they wanted to wait till they had the tobacco ready as well to, to make this blend. So, And I think they've really worked on getting better and processing better tobacco at their factory. So I think that's going to be a big part of this, uh, why, um, why it's going to be – I'm expecting it to be a, an excellent cigar. Yeah. Um... I, I, here's the thing. I'm very excited to see what you think because with you, it's usually like when I find a cigar that I really like and I'm like, all right, this is good. You either like agree with me or you go the other way. And then I'm like, wait, really? But, and then I come back. And then I come but back, then you come back, come back and you're like, oh, no, I, you were right. And I'm like, so <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know. It, it could go either way with you. Well, that's why <laughs> I found that's why I, I my reviews don't come out as quick. Uh, you probably won't see on the Calic Black review till the end of the year. Um, it is eligible for Coopless since it got released in time. Mm-hmm. Um, but typically, you know, I, I go through a little more uh, formalized aging. Not, I consistently will age this stuff around the same amount of time, so. Uh, I tend to like I tend to like to let my cigars settle a bit, so I'll smoke it off the truck. I get an impression of it, um, but I'll admit those Saka Khan's uh, 
the ones that came from JR last year were not as good as the regular soccer cons that came out. And I'm not the only one who said it on my team. Nielsen said the same thing. He thought they were better when, when soccer released it nationally. So, um, Yeah. Well, I'm curious to see what you think. Yeah. I mean, I'm also curious to see how it performs on its sizes. So right now they only have the two sizes. I'd love to see what it tastes like in their lingerie size. And I know Dan's listening. I know he's here. So I'm saying Don't do a Lancero, things. Dan. And please don't do a Lancero, Dan. Please don't. I don't think McAuliffe <laughs> makes any Lanceros. They don't make a lot if they do. Uh, the McAuliffe guys would know that. Um, I was going to say, Dan, do you guys – or Alan. I know Alan's here too. Do you guys make a Lance? I don't think they do. I don't good, think they good do. Good people. Um, Unless you get it right. Unless they do it right. I mean, you know, if you get one, probably you'll get a blend. But, you know, Londres is, is a, a 40 ring gauge, so it's not far off from a Lancero. And they've done good with the Lande sizes on some of those uh, from the clutch, and I liked some of those that came out of that. So so Alan said we no longer make Lanceros. Good good company. Maca- and then Dan said McAuliffe Lanceros in every blend, but only as a gift. So I so maybe they make them, but they're 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 for private use. They're not official use. If I, so they, maybe yep. they okay. Um, but yeah, no, I'd love to see it in that laundry size. And I know they came out the collector set. So um, and Dan, if if you can or whatever, you guys came out with the the collector's edition that had I think all of the the core blends in that size. So. Does the and I know that's a that's not a that wasn't a one time that's a continuous product. So, do you guys tweak that collector's edition to to add the black in in that size? Because that's something I'd be really curious about too. Um, and I know maybe he probably won't say, but logically thinking, I mean, they would expand it to add that in there now, um, which I think would be interesting. Yeah. What, what do you got over there? Me? An a. Oh, no. No, it's not an A. It's the uh, oh, oh, okay. Medallia. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's the size. A little Medallia SE. Yep. That's a good that cigar, nice. too. That's a really great cigar. Yeah, but, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, I'm really, I mean, I think the, the reaction we're seeing from people is very positive on this um, black. And people who, like, I know the ambassador community has gotten behind it, but I see people who aren't in the ambassador community really enjoying that cigar. You know, just from the folks that smoke in and two guys who I know and are about who have been trying that. Dan Thompson, so that's a good have, sign. Dan said, I have no interest in building black as Lancero. May emerge as laundries and collectors. Um, Thank that, you, Dan. That I could Thank see. Thank you, Dan. That I could see, and Thank it, it makes sense because they already make that size in those other blends. So I could see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. By the way, the packaging came out beautiful on that pack. Um, I mean, you've seen it up close already. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have. So, yeah, so uh, good job with that. It's very different from all their other boxes and packaging. I mean, the band, um, I had one floating around here somewhere. Uh, the band is pretty much the same design as all the other bands. It's just black and gold versus the blue and red. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the box, sorry, I got, I got like a, a chunk of tobacco in my mouth and just... <laughs> Sorry, um, it was just—it was like right there, and it was distracting. Um, so their all their other stuff comes in just like the, that rustic, you know, unfinished box with you know the the um, what do you call it, like the branding, like the hot branding on it uh, with the inlay. The black box 
is a matte finish, black with the gold. Uh, and it doesn't have a clasp on the front too. It's just one of those just just a just a straight lid that just kind of rests. Um and it's funny because when I was at the store when when they did the the event at two guys for the two guys launch, I was there and Amanda was there and Andy was there and, and they had one of their reps there and I forget who said one of them said to me though, uh, they actually got some inspiration from Matt Booth's boxes designing that box and thinking back i'm like yeah it's very similar um in terms of you know the matte finish the simplistic design um you know it makes me think of like namakubi and some of his other like limited stuff he's done and that kind of that same style um i mean of course they didn't do the tissue paper and the paper wrap that matt's known for too but uh but the box i'm, not, very, I'm not a fan of that but the box is very yeah, similar, I and I do. I I thought it was. It does pop, and I think it pops more on the shelf than the other boxes yeah. do. Yeah, it, it does. Um, but yeah, that was. Um, yeah, I mean, the other release um, that came was announced this week was the new Davidoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Davidoff the, and uh, quiet on releases, so that was interesting to see. Yeah, I, I didn't we talk about whether or not Davidoff would come out with a 10th anniversary Nicaragua? We might have mentioned. I think we mentioned it on a spare notes that this was the 10 year anniversary. It might not have been um, a discussion topic, but it might have been like tossed out there. Maybe we were tossed talking about all the there, anniversaries right? possibly coming out. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, what, because again, you guys don't remember in 2003 that was a big deal. Davidoff coming out with an all Nicaraguan cigar. It was, it was, oh yeah. It was for them. It was so out of the box, and they put a huge campaign around that. In fact, we they launched it at the IPCPR in Vegas. Uh, I remember going up to the Davidoff store and uh, getting to try it and everything. Uh, um, which was, and in fact, what was interesting is they launched it in Vegas, and we got out to Vegas a couple of days early, and they already had it for sale at the kiosks. So actually, I had it before uh, the official launch was done, and it, um, and yeah, it was a big deal. Um, so I, I, I would expect. I think it was worthy of a ten-year anniversary cigar. They're going to be aging the, some of the tobacco and rum barrels, which I think is interesting. They've done great with Winston Churchill late hour with that. So yeah. it's certainly a track record of success with it. Thirty-six dollar cigar. That's uh, be interesting to see how it moves. But uh, you know, I think uh, I was glad to moves. see something. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad Davidoff's coming out with something new as a limited edition. As, you know, these, bringing back all these limited editions, I don't think was a great idea. I, I think they never captured the original these these re-releases. So, well, speaking of the ultra premium, you know, another brand that has been on fire again, two years in a row, uh, selected tobacco and you know, united as well by association. Um, they announced that they're going to they're bringing a ten year aged Atabe Diosis to PCA. How cool is that? I mean, now yeah. I mean, you got you got you guys got the press release on that, and I love the, how it was written. Like, yep. hey, Nelson Alfonso wanted to know what happens if we age this another five years, double the aging period. It's like I think it's a great idea um, because they've done well. They've done some extra aged cigars in the past, uh, like with Byron and stuff like that. They've released, and, I, and they've been very good with some of that extra age on it. So. You know, no one, no one knows aging like Nelson Alfonso does. You know, and it's maybe a few, it would, even a few group. And what's interesting is they also said, because I thought about this too. You know, especially with cigars. You know, time is money, right? So one would 
assume that if it's twice the age, it's going to be more in cost because, you know, more time, right? Uh, they're actually saying that the first batch is going to be the same MSRP as the standard five-year age. What a good what a good job um, by Oliver and Nelson to do that. Um, that's Very a great opportunity. Yeah, that's a really gr uh, great opportunity for folks. Uh, I think it was a smart move. I don't know if they can keep doing that, you know, because I don't know how many of these they've aged this long either. But that's just that's a great thing. That it was it would have been very easy for them to slap another a higher price on that. So um, good job, good job by those guys. It's, um, it, it's interesting how they did it in that one size, and then they're they're out of a black. The NFT cigar that they're actually going to make available, um, they did that in one size. You know, they, they didn't do it like multiple sizes or all yeah. the sizes. It's like they did one project. Not they're not size. right. Yeah. It's very interesting how they they spread it all out. Yeah. So of the four selected tobacco things that we know about, okay, the Alfonso Grand Selection, the Atabay Black, the Atabay Humidor, and now the uh, Ten Years Extra Aged, which is the one that's going to be the most sought after. The one that people Alfonso. It's a tough answer. See, I would I would say the Alf, the Alf, the Adelaide Black, but it's more limited. So I'm I'm gonna say the Alfonso as well. I'm gonna say the Alfonso. I think people want to see what... the Al the so here's the thing. I had said when I got that. I mean, I knew that the, I knew that cigar existed. We all the, the three of us knew. We that we started to show it. It was at the show last year. Yeah, I mean, we it we in, knew it we had existed. It in articles. We had it in articles and video. It wasn't a secret. Yeah, we knew it existed. We just didn't know when it was coming. And I'll be you, honest with you. We talked about it. We, we could, yeah. Well, I was going to say, I'll be honest with you. I was surprised to see it so soon because, especially after after the success that, you know, the first Alfonso had in just its first year, I was like, hey, maybe they let this ride a little bit, and then they bring in the next one. And they said, no, let's bring in the next one right away. And I think doing that, you know, Everyone's talking about Alfonso, right? I mean, if you if you you know about it, you follow who they are, you know about Alfonso, and you know how successful that was. It was our cigar of the year. Half will give it cigar of the year. Um, you know, it's it's still hot. It's still on people's minds. Then you bring in the next one, and I think that people are going to be like eager to oh let's let's try the next one because that other one was so good. Like now I got to know how this this one is. Um, the ten-year age, I think, is very cool and it's very, very smart of them. Um, I think it'll be interesting to try it, and I think it'll be, it'll be good. I think it'll be successful. Adabe Black, like you said, Coop, be a little limited. Too limited. I, I, yeah, I don't think they're really at the status where something that limited people are gonna go nuts for. Um, not that it won't be bad, but you know, I don't think it'll be that. The humidor is cool. Most people are not going to have, like, what is it, like four or five grand to buy that. Uh, it's beautiful, small amount, very high in price. Yeah. Um, I think the best bet is that Alfonso. I think that Alfonso is yeah. one that most people are going to gravitate towards the most. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, though, that Nelson wouldn't put a cigar out if he didn't think it was ready. I mean, I think that's really just from very seeing. Very true. Very, so I, I have confidence that if it wasn't ready, we wouldn't have seen it this year. Mm -hmm. uh, it seems like though that this year they're giving a little more attention to Atabay. Last year was more Byron and Alfonso. Now this year it's Alfonso and Atabay. So that makes some sense. Atabay is going to get a little more attention this year as a brand. Yep. 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know if they like we were talking. I don't know if Nelson comes out this year or not. I'd be surprised if they do to Nelson this year. I, I, think, I, would be, I can see them waiting one way. Four, yeah, I'm, I would be surprised as well. I would say, if I was betting, yeah, I, I, I was, I don't know, I was kind of under the impression last year that we might see that this year. Now yeah. where we are with what we see, I don't think we see Nelson this year. I think they they wait that they wait on that one. They stick with the, they got a lot they got a lot of heat already. I mean, I think they yeah. run with these. There's another, and maybe next yeah, year we see Nelson. And there's another Byron, if I'm not mistaken, either. 1850. I think there's another Byron. 1850. Well, that came out last year. But, uh, but you no, but there's a, another, another 1850. one. There's another. Yeah, there's another one they have uh, that they showed up at last year's show. They haven't announced um, for this year, but they showed. Yeah. Oh, they showed it. They showed it. I'm actually seeing if I could pull the name up here real quick. Last year, um, also, Coop, don't forget, last year, uh, Mitchell, you were in the booth, so you remember this. Last year, they also did that a peak poema, the Byron a peak poema, the the longer one, in that that like folding humidor. That's what it was. That's what it was. Which yeah. that cigar was already out, but they kind of they did that that humidor presentation of it. That's uh, which what it I was. Yeah, I think was a very small production as well. Um, I think that was released already, though. The cigar was already released. Um, they just... I don't think the humidors came out yet. Yeah. No, it is because uh, I've okay. seen it. I've seen it. I, I know. Yeah, I know. They... I know people who have it in stock. Yeah. The poem is okay. I think. Now remember yeah, though, that cigar was already out. It was just that humidor set with that cigar that was new. Um, but that was yeah. also another highlight from the show last year. So yeah, you're right. Byron got some attention with those two products. Atabay. The only thing we really saw from Atabay was that big humidor last year but it didn't come out last year that's coming out this year yeah. the 10 year age is coming out this year um you never know with those guys and you you guys both know it you never, never know. know i mean they could pull something never know you never know you know um no i mean they have plenty of stuff already i mean they can go into this trade show as is uh and then you know he's got the new red, uh, red anchor sizes uh, they can go in and have yep. a very strong trade show with what they have. I, I think they'll make one more announcement before the trade show, just how they've been timing this. They've been doing like one a week, so maybe they'll try to get one more in before they have to start getting ready for the trade show. So maybe we'll see one more announcement, but they can go to battle into the trade show very strong right now. I agree. I agree. Yeah, and I think they – yeah, so I think they could be fine with that. My My question is now, seeing what we see for this year – what do we see for next year? And, you know, that's the thing. We get to the trade show. They might not announce anything else. We could still get to yeah. the trade show in a couple yeah. weeks, and we'll see something yeah. new that we haven't seen before. It wasn't announced. Yeah. we like, oh, what's that? Who knows? That's, that's and maybe they happen. don't need they, – they may not need to do a new line. Um, you know, so maybe they, they do some other extra aging projects. They do some extra humidor offerings. Maybe expand some of the sizes in in these uh, lines. So there's things that you know they can do, where maybe they don't have to come out with a new you know. And I don't think it's healthy for them to come out with a lot of new brands every year either. So no. Um. Yeah. So I think I think you know I wouldn't be you know surprised. Um. Maybe they show something that's going to be in 2025. You know who knows. So, um. It's definitely a boost that's on everyone's radar. So uh, I've already made my appointment for that boost. So. We we do um, it. we have as well yeah, 
Yep. So we went and and, and did that. Yeah. So um, we're not wasting any time because that booze gets crazy, as you know. Oh yeah. Um, Oliver is, uh, and they they do a great job. Um, the it's one like I said, it should have won booths at the trade show last year. It, it El Septimo, I know, got it. They had a beautiful booth, uh, but it did not compare to the United booth. Um, and there's so many reasons I can go into why the United booth was the best booth of the show, just from the lighting and it, it just like we talked about it, had that like luxury car dealership feel. Um, that's how you show a luxury product off. I've said if you're gonna come out with fifty dollars cigars, you better display them like they're fifty dollars cigars. So um, they did a great job, um, and uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited about the Red Anchor sizes um, as well. Red Anchor did very well on Coop. It's probably gonna end up on the end of year list. Um, Red Anchor is a cigar ages fantastic. Um, I think Hendrick Kellner is gonna be at the booth this year too. Henry Kellner Jr. So. Uh, really good guy. Uh, we had him on the show last month. Yep. Yeah, uh, that would enjoy be him a lot. That would be interesting to yeah, see. Yeah, he's a fantastic guy. Uh, so yeah, I know you guys had Klaus on recently. We did. Um. Yep. yep. So uh, yep. So Klaus is gonna be Klaus will be at the trade show. I'm positive. He always goes. So yeah, he'll yes. be there. He, he told uh, he us he was gonna be there. Yeah, he never. He got married in Vegas one year. You know, he he actually got married at a trade. He, he actually was the other guy I know got married at the trade show. But I, I think he did it after the trade show. You did it before the trade show. But it was the same week. And he. No, he. I think he did it before. He, I think he did it before. He did. He did before. He did it before. And he. No, he did it. He did it in like 2019, I believe. Yeah, but did I'm he saying, do it before? But I think. But I think he did okay. it like we did. I think he did it like you know, like the few days before the show started. Yeah, yeah. It. Was, I. I thought it was after, but I knew it was. He did get. He's the other guy who got married at a trade show, though. Yeah. That I yep. know. We joke because I got him beat because I also got engaged at the trade show the year before. So. And look, you've done the trifecta: engagement, marriage, and baby on the way. Well, the baby won't well, land at the trade show, though. I bet she no, better, but she I mean, there's not. a baby. There's a baby. There's a baby getting ready to mm-hmm. you know make its appearance. Mm-hmm. So we won't we, we won't see Nicole there. But I think she's got a lot more important things right now to to, to manage. So <laughs> with that, than a trade show. So uh, yeah, Nicole's we'll sleeping next right year. now. She's 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 getting yeah. you know she's getting further along. She's she's at yeah. that she's at that like uh, I'm tired. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I she's, imagine. She's, yeah, she's, so uh, she's getting to the point where she's yeah. had enough. <laughs> Yeah, so it's coming soon. So, uh, so you have done the trifecta to some extent. Um, yeah, I, I guess um, as close as I could, right? You know, as close as yeah, I could. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. So, I don't think anyone can take that away from me. There were jokes last year that will baby be at the next trade show. I mean, there were people saying oh, that. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> I was. So what did I? We were all saying it. You know, so for in that, and people are gonna ask me about that at this trade show. So the trade show next year in twenty four. Um, it's gonna be like people are gonna be like, all right. So like, what's your big thing this year? And I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm just here. There's nothing going on. Uh, I don't, <laughs> That's yeah, it. I'm I done. There's no exciting thing. Yeah, I for think me. you're done for a while. I think you be done. <laughs> I think you want to be done for a while at this yeah, point. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm so. done. I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so, uh, it's like Carney. Carney. Time. Carney did it even faster than I did. Carney got <sighs> all three in a year. He, yeah, summer, he, he he did it all in one year, one shot. I mean, they got pregnant, engaged, married, had the baby, and I just remember him telling me like, 
He's like, yeah, I had, I had, I didn't tell my wife. Like, like I'm, I, I need to stop. Like, <laughs> we, we did, we did everything in like one year. Like, I need a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep, yep. So you know, I never got one of those carny cigars. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta hit him up for one of those cigars. Um, those uh, autumn carny cigars mm-hmm. with the pink rail of D bands. I gotta, I gotta weasel one from him. He's got some tucked away. I know he does. Yeah, he's got I think he's had more made since. He then. probably has. I actually mm-hmm. think he's had more. Ma- yeah, yeah. So uh, it's not hard to do. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he needs more, he can get more. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's um. Why would that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I mean, I guess the other question we just mentioned is: is we haven't heard anything about LFD yet, so um, it'll be interesting to see what they come into the show with this year. That's true. I mean, you know, last year. True. They weren't at the trade show in 21, so they came back last year. They brought the NFT with them, which we know was a huge success for them. Yep. Um, they brought the Solis, the Soli, yep. um, which is Lito Jr.'s cigar, technically. I have a, um, I have a review coming to that one up. So I think that's going to be in July, though. That one's going to come up. And uh, so, uh, so I don't know. I mean, me, I'm going to say probably nothing new this year. I'm gonna say I think they kind of stick with building on those. If they if they bring anything new, it's maybe a line extension or something like that. Yeah. Next year's LFD's 30th anniversary, so that will be interesting. Yeah, that's right. It is. That's right. So I could see them maybe going a little little, uh, little more subdued this year, and next year's gonna be a big year for them. So. Well, I know a guy. I'm gonna have to uh, poke around and uh, ask some questions. Um, yeah, you need to get some uh, get get uh get some info. Uh, but um, now I I, can, I I will say I don't know if you know even if even if he does share any information with me that doesn't mean I can repeat it because I have also been sworn to secrecy sometimes and we have a, we have a, even outside of the, the media manufacturer you know confidentiality that yeah. should yeah. exist. I mean I got no. I got I got a blood pack with him. I can't break it. You know, no, there's certain collapses. things. I mean, we get told off the record <laughs> all the time stuff. So, um, you know, my question is, I, what I say to people is when you're going to tell me something off the record, I said, I don't want to get blamed if it gets out. I said, you got my word. It's not going to get out from me. But if someone you told someone else, then uh, actually, you, you know, know, Alan brought up something. Um, there could be a small batch. I'm not saying that, that because I LG. know I'm saying. No, they have talked about the LG. They've talked about the LG, though. Yeah. They have talked about the LG. They haven't We've been said, waiting for that LG for like four years. Yeah, but they may, if, if it popped up, it wouldn't surprise me. Small batch eight, yeah. Mm-hmm. A, uh, a, a, a cigar that's done incredible in coupe rankings over the years. Uh, it's always top, top It's cigar. one of the best cigars they've made. They've got a number three and a number two, so could they get a number one, you know? Uh it's a, it is. It's a fantastic cigar. So, Alan said he wants a factory press five. Um, I can tell you right go now. Go find one. Yeah, I mean, uh, go ask John for one. He won't. Get, yeah. yeah, go, go, go. Tell Carney you want a factory press five and see what he tells you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but guys, I'm gonna get ready to wrap this show up here tonight. It's been a, yep, been a yeah, great but we've time. Yeah, we've gone on a long time. Yep. But uh, we're uh, we're starting to get into cigar coupe territory here. So. Um, uh, I heard that. I know you. I, <laughs> yeah, of course. I know, I know you did. I said it on purpose. I wasn't. I wasn't hiding. I'm not like Alan Rubin after a loss. I'm not hiding. I'm right here. <laughs> 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 oh, sorry. I had to get it in there. 
Uh, but no, it's been a good show. It was a good show. Um, thank you both for being here with me once again. Um, thank you, guys. Yep. We got one more spare notes thank before you. the trade show, so I anticipate that probably being our probably most informative one by then we should pretty much know everything that's coming to the trade show um yep because it will be like a week before i think it's a when does that fall like a week before we go to the trade show yeah I, yep because it would be two weeks from now so uh yeah by then we should definitely almost know everything for sure that's going to be out so uh that'll be an exciting one we have scott pierce coming on our show this week which coop i didn't realize he was coming on with you this week so we're kind of going a little back to back apologize but you know I've, we no no we uh we always bring scott on uh for the four shows beforehand uh he's usually the kickoff um and, and look i gotta say this again about scott um you know he's to get the access we've had as media with him uh and look we haven't always been i haven't always been nice to him you know sometimes it's going go back to cigar con um so uh he is a you know but i always thought i tried to be fair as possible so, but he did, you know, this will be a good show. I think, like I said, you're not going to be able to beat him. There's not much to beat him up on this year, Matt. So, uh, it's going to be an easy show, I think. That's right. I'm excited. Yeah. We, I'm like, the too. things I want to beat him up on were not things I felt that were discussions for the air. There's a few things I want to talk to him about, but they weren't discussions for air until we, him and I have had a talk first. So, yeah. And I, I, I think you and I have a lot of the same questions, too. So, yeah. But, but he's, like I said, it's, we don't have to. Like I even said, I don't have to agree with everything with Scott, but he always he and look, he made the time for us at a political event in Tennessee to make to get on our show, uh, which was which was a big deal. Yeah. So uh, he's a stand-up guy. Yeah. He's always been good to us. Um, so I'm very excited to have him on once again. Uh, you know, best that... executive director in the history of the PCA. I'll say that absolutely. Yeah, I what agree. What he's done in a tough job. He's, yeah, really has a tough. Yep. Um, yeah. I agree. He's he's been fantastic. Um, yeah, very helpful. So yeah, we, I know Mitchell probably has a lot of questions too. He's usually got his, his stuff lined up. So, um, it, there'll be, there'll be a lot of things being asked on that show. Um, yep. as much as we can. Right. Uh, so make sure you guys tune in for that. Don't miss that one. Don't forget to like, and subscribe on all of our social media platforms on our YouTube channel and everywhere you can find your podcasts on all the podcast apps. And as always visit smokingtobacco.com for more news reviews and our upcoming coverage of the 2023 Premium Cigar Association Trade Show and Convention brought to you by Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars. We'll see you guys on Wednesday night. Take care. Have a good night. Thank you for spending your time with us at Smokin' Tobacco. Please remember to like and subscribe for more episodes and content. And as always, visit SmokinTobacco.com for news and updates from the cigar industry.